New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Listen, baby, you know it. Oh, when you're dancing, yeah, you show it. Oh, when you move, 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 you know it. Oh, when you're dancing, yeah, you show it as you move across the floor. We're Friday night going into Saturday morning. Raise the roof. It may be the last time you get a chance to raise the roof. All the clubs were opening up. Our brand new mayor-elect, Eric Adams, said, Hey, I'm here to support nightlife. I like to sample nightlife. Well, guess what? It's not looking too good. Because... This new variant is spreading like wildfire all across the nation, although it's not hospitalizing people at the same rate as originally two years ago. People are not dying from this. There is fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. A lot of hype. And New York is leading in the fear, fright, hysteria, and hype with our brand-new governor. And I'm going to give you her name. It's Governor Holcomb. You know what Holcomb means? If anybody out there knows uh, what hokum means, because that's what I renamed her, based on all the dissemination, disinformation that she is spreading out there to show that she is totally in control in trying to lock down the state of New York and lock down the city of New York as it's just begun to recover. But this is your forum. You have an opportunity to be heard four hours this morning. In fact, you can get right to it yourself by calling 1-800-848-9222. It's all COVID-19 virus, and it's many variants all the time. We can't escape this. 1-800-848-WABC. And tell me that you don't have vertigo. You're not confused about all this misinformation and disinformation. Every elected official has to weigh in. Every doctor, every scientist. Uh, every student out there who's doing a study, a study is publishing it, throwing it up there, and immediately the media takes that study and acts like it is the defining study. And all I see is fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. And I got to tell you, starting earlier in the day, I thought there was a lot of hope. We had a great radiothon here for Cohen's Children Medical Center. They do great work. 
We raised more money than we've raised in the past three years, including during the lockdown and pandemic, $180,000. So I want to thank all of you out there who made any donations. Uh, I was a board member of the Children's Miracle Network, which has affiliates all over the country, including Cone Medical Center, which is right on the border where Nassau County kisses Queens. Outstanding work. Uh, They're the best, not like the rest. So thanks for contributing to their effort. And then all of a sudden, uh, could I have a little bit of that music, a little bit of that dance music by Cool and the Gang? Play it very low, Bruce, very low. Uh, I escaped from WABC where we had a lot of the suits, the mockers, the muckety-mucks because it was a celebratory mood, mode that we were in at Christmas, a holiday mode. And the fact that we were coming to the aid of so many children and so many families. And you just, you just feel knockers. You feel like you're doing something. And then all of a sudden, I went over to the Carnegie Club on West 56th Street, where uh, Frank Morano was being celebrated for having brought Carmine into the world. Believe it or not, there was Frank Morano and young baby Carmine smoking stogie cigars de noblers with our owner-operator, talk show host in his own right, John Katsimatidis, and a number of trendoids, freakazoids, jet setters. And I was saying to myself, I say, well, they were doing puff, puff, pass. No, no, no. Not with reefer. Not with blunts. Not with spliffs. But with, uh, what were they? Monte Criscos? Were they Cahibos? Uh, or I think the Nobles. I say to myself, this might be the last time that we're going to see this kind of a gathering in which people are indoors without having uh, been layered up with the pens over their mouth, face masks, and being uh, forced to distance themselves. And then from there, I headed out to Sliwaland, I call it, Middle Village, uh, Maspeth, uh, Glendale. It was a celebration for the work of the staff and supporters of City Councilman Robert Holden, who won re-election against a DSA challenger. And he has led the Common Sense Coalition in the City Council, Robert Holden. I've been a supporter of his his, the first time he ran against uh, Crowley, and beat her just barely with the help that I provided from the New York State Reform Party. I think he won by 136 votes. I think it was some margin of victory that we provided him. He had the Republican, the conservative, and the Reform Party line. And it was very celebratory at Villa Erasmus, right on Juniper Boulevard. People were indoors, no mass, no separation. It was normalcy. But as I left uh, with my aide-de-camp, uh, Arnold, he said to me, my God, it looks it looks like the city is getting back into lockdown. It looks like the city is getting back into lockdown. And then on the way back, yes, I was cheating. I wasn't listening to WABC. Uh, I briefly listened to Rita Cosby. Once I got here, obviously, Dominic Carter. Before that, Bill Riley. But I was going right to the news with WINS. And the headlines, there they were. Radio City Music Hall closed, no rockets. Broadway goes dark. And I said to myself, hold hold on. Here it was. What, what, what was it? It was just about a month ago. Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, was in a celebratory mood. He was going puff, puff, pass because he had triumphantly announced that tens of thousands of fully vaxxed people could return to Times Square to celebrate the dropping of the ball on January 1st. Now, do we really think that's going to happen? You talk about a super spreader. (laughs) 
these schmucks, these punches, I mean these uh, naive people who spend their whole year planning to come to Times Square to watch the ball drop and to see Dick Clark. Is it Dick Clark who, uh, well, oh, they have so many trendoids and freakazoids now. It used to be American Bandstand, Dick Clark, and the rest were the wannabes. Now it's like every network has to have their uh, uh, their uh, their transitory celebrities there to welcome the dropping of the ball. But I have a feeling that because this variant is spreading so quickly, do you really think that they're going to allow maybe a million people nut to butt in those cattle cattle pens where you're wearing the pens for six hours or eight hours because you can't leave. If you leave, you lose your spot. They're wearing the pens because they don't want to lose their spot. But they're blowing horns in each other's face. You talk about a spreader of the variant. How could they be locking down stores? How could they be locking down Radio City Music Hall? How could they be locking down Broadway and Off-Broadway, making it go dark, and then allow a million people to assemble in Times Square for six to eight hours waiting for the stupid ball to drop? That no New Yorkers are there unless they get paid. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Well, I got plenty to say about what looks to be round two of a lockdown and pandemic as New York tries to outrage California, pretty boy Newsom, to be the most aggressive to impose lockdowns, to impose mandates, to impose mandates on mask wearing, to impose mandates on vaccines, to basically demand that every man, woman, and child be vaccinated, or you're persona non grata, you're the reason that this variant is spreading along with the Delta variant. And as uh, our President Joe Biden said, you are the ones who be killed. Anyway, let's go to Cheech, who's calling from Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Cheech. Hi, Curtis. How are you? Good evening. And, uh, hold on a second. Hold on. we got to establish some uh, rules and regulations here. We call it uh, talk, radio, call, or protocol. Uh, if you haven't heard it before, Cheech, I'm sure you okay. have, but you're a little dense. Don't ask me how I'm doing, because all I'm going to tell you is I've had better days. Okay, Cheech? <laughs> me, okay. me too. Okay, Chief. Kabish, Kabish. Yeah, no, I was very disappointed, um, you know, with the election. But uh, you know, you, you saw it was a dismal turnout. But let's let's figure out about that. But right now, the, the reason why I'm calling is because um, myself personally, I'm on leave without pay because of my um, uh, religious exemption denial from the city with no valid reason. And the saddest part is, I just wanted to say this is all. A formulation, you know, we're, we're, it's about control. It's not so much about a vaccine. It's about control. And I worked remotely during the pandemic. I did it successfully, pro- productively and professionally, did my work perfectly. Also, um, when we were forced to go back to the office, 100 percent in office, no exceptions, which how could that be related to a, uh, a pandemic uh, concern when he didn't start out with 25%, 50%. He started out with 100% in office, no exceptions, when we worked remotely 18 months perfectly. Then I did the testing every week, always negative, no problem, but that wasn't good enough. So then that option was taken away. So basically, first, let's give the people incentives, money, uh, scholarships, and then in the end, when they don't do it, then we take away their livelihood. We put them against the wall until they till they break. It's it's such a disgusting display, and you see this is about control. This is a, a terrible situation we're all in. 
the worst part is I was at City Hall when 10 to 20,000 people marched over that bridge for their rights. Where did they go? I don't see them. Well, I tell you, I tell you, Cheech, remember I was dangling on a fence there on the walkover over the Brooklyn Bridge from Metro Tech to City Hall itself. There were people who were saying, hey, look, just keep what's already in place. If you're not vaccinated, you have to be tested once, maybe twice a week. I thought that was a fair compromise. We weren't having problems at that time. Now it's if you're not vaccinated, you are persona non grata. You are evil. You are the reason that this variant from South Africa is spreading. You notice South Africa is telling, ah, it's meek and mild. Its uh, symptoms are less severe than the Delta variant or the original COVID-19. And then all of a sudden here, they're saying no evidence that the South African variant is less severe than Delta. In fact, Stanford at Stanford University, the brainiacs are saying you can't stop this. You can't stop it. That's going to be coming at you. Just going to have to suffer the complications. I mean, we're getting all this misinformation. We're being redirected. I'm getting vertigo here. Let's go to James from Charlotte, North Carolina, where many folks from New York and New Jersey are fleeing. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jimmy. Curtis. Is another word for hokum? Is it malarkey? Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. How about, so, how about horse hockey? That's right. So from now on, I want her referred to with all this uh, disinformation, the fear, fright, hysteria, and hype that she's spreading as Kathy Hokum. Hokum. H-O-K-U-M. Because that's all of this is. Hokum. Good point, James. She's, uh, she's not the only one. So is um, President Brandon and uh, Fauci and all the rest, and they're all full of horse biscuits. We know what's but, interesting. Um, what's interesting here is that we can't say the term limits would solve this with hokum because she just got into the office to replace Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. In fact, right now, Listening at 107.1. That's our FM affiliate right out in the Hamptons, out in Suffolk County. Is that correct? 107.1 WLAR. The Cuomos are gathered around their old-fashioned radio here listening. Andrew, who is head of the Klan, and Fredo, Chris Cuomo, both of them down and out. They're listening because they're plotting their return. Like Napoleon. What was that from Elba? Elba was that was that the place that Napoleon plotted his return from? They're plotting their return, and they're saying, "Oh, you want a term limit, Sliwa? You should have had Andrew Evilized Cuomo for life. I would have been your governor for life. I could have written five books at taxpayers' expense. I could have killed more elderly people in long-term uh, <laughs> senior citizen <laughs> convalescing centers." Oh, my God, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Norman. Yeah, greetings from Canarsie. Um, yeah, I uh, we're, we're heading towards a lockdown. Um, uh, a friend of mine last a uh, couple of days ago was arrested at the Queens Mall. There were six people arrested because they didn't show their vaccine mandate card. This is what uh, this is what de Blasio is doing with our taxpayer dollars. He had them arrested. They spent seven hours in the precinct. And now my friend's got to go to court now over a trespassing charge, even though he was a a peaceful, uh, you know, a, a 
paid paid for his meal and everything. But, question, uh, question, you know, was that is, was that at the cheese factory there at the Queens? You know Mall what? Norman? I thought it was the cheese factory. It, it was either Applebee's or the cheese factory. Well, we got to settle they, this. They, they we we got to settle places. this. Hold on, Norman. We've got to settle. Was it the cheese factory or was it Applebee's? who decided that these six people were enemies of society, that they should be chained and shackled, dragged out, and incarcerated ever so briefly, as you mentioned, seven hours before cutting loose with a disappearance ticket. Are you sure, Norman? It is so important to me. I need to know if it's Applebee's or the Cheese Factory, Norman, Norman, Norman. Cheese Factory. Yes, all right. Du fromage, du fromage. Yeah, I think it, which, you know, as you know, is one of those fake, uh, globalist, uh, companies like, like, uh, like the, uh, Olive Garden. Yes, but let me ask you a question, Norman. Uh, at the Cheese Factory, I'm assuming you could get a slice of cheesecake, right? Yeah, how, not, how they, not how, me, man. I'm going to Junior's. I understand that. But there's no, there's no cheesecake because there is no cream cheese. You gotta get Italian cheesecake. You know what Italian cheesecake is made with? Uh, I'm not exactly certain, Curtis, even though I grew up in this neighborhood, hey, I should know this. You should know this, Norman, even though you're not an Italian stallion. No, I'm not an Italian, Curtis. All right, all right. I'll tell you what, Norman, I'm going to give you a pass here from Canarsie. <laughs> Norman, you're going to go down for the count. I want to know from our cognoscente out there, from those who know the differences in cheesecake, whether it's the Cheesecake Factory, whether it's Friendly's, whether it's Junior's or wherever you get your cheesecake, what is the difference between all-American cheesecake and Italian cheesecake? Why is it you can find lots of Italian cheesecake? What is the different ingredient that Italian cheesecake uses? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Drew in White Plains. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Drew. Curtis, man. Listen, I'm in the commercial real estate game. I, I don't want it to go back on lockdown. You know, I don't like all these restrictions in New York. It's very hard trying to get people to convince to bring their business to New York with all the restrictions. But you guys, you you can't be downplaying this virus. People are dying. I don't want it to get like Florida where your boy out there is hiding bodies. That's what he's doing. He's worse than Andrew Cuomo. He probably didn't kill more people than Cuomo. He's hiding the bodies. Drew, Drew have you ever been to Florida? Yes, I have. As you know, it's kind of hard to hide bodies there because uh, land is at sea level. Oftentimes, well, you can't even bury them. The uh, he's not counting the COVID deaths. We know that. And, and when people speak out against it like a mob boss, he sends his goons up there to shut them up. He's not counting the deaths. We know this already. I, I got family out there in Florida. I know people out there in Florida who are scared to death to leave their house. But, it, Drew, Drew, you see they're canceling Christmas parties. They're closing stores. No Rockettes at Radio City Music Hall. No Broadway. No Off-Broadway. We're slipping I, back into I, the I, abyss, I Drew. I don't, like, I don't like it either, but I can tell you, and this is no joke, I know five people today who came down with COVID. I know one young, healthy person who is like family to me who's in the hospital right now. No underlying conditions because of it. It's not a joke. And I don't agree with the lockdowns either. This is messing with my way of life. This is messing with my income. Trust me, I don't want the lockdowns. But people got to stop downplaying this. People got to stop downplaying, politicizing this vaccine. And 
people like DeSantis, they're the worst. He is the worst. He's out there under, under county bodies for political reasons. He's the COVID body. He's not even really putting it out there. He's playing all type of games with the numbers. He's worse than Cuomo. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, though, Drew, I'm telling you, Drew, the exodus to Florida continues. There are a lot of people who have decided, okay, I'll improve, not move. Uh, I'll give Eric Adams, the incoming mayor, a chance. I'll give the incoming governor, Kathy Hokum, remember that's your new name, Hokum, a chance. But it just seems more of the same old, same old that we got from Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta, Cuomo, King Cuomo I. Let's go to April and Astoria. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. April. Yes, hi. Um, you were asking about the difference between the Italian cheesecake and regular yes, cheesecake? Yes, The cheese is ricotta cheese uh, is used in the Italian cheesecake. That's right. And I know that my mother-in-law, she's Italian. That's right. You get a nice and tub of She makes it herself, too. She needs it. She made it, it for Thanksgiving from so, scratch. So she needs it like one would need dough, the ricotta cheese. I don't know. It tastes really nice. It's mellow, you know? It's not really very sweet, and you could eat a couple of slices. So let me ask you, April, does this mean that because of the shortage of cottage cheese, Philadelphia cottage cheese, and all its varieties that we have to get used to eating cottage cheese instead of cream cheese or ricotta cheese instead well, of cream cheese. In Astoria, you know, I, I go to Lagulis Bakery on Dittmar's Boulevard, and they have lots of uh, cream cheese. I just bought a nice um, uh, carrot cake, and it was filled with, ca- with the cream cheese topping and in between oh, the layers. Oh, oh, that was delicious. Oh, but, oh. Do you realize your eyesight is going to be so good eating all that carrot cake like Bugs Bunny, like Peter the Rabbit? I I wanted to mention something else about the COVID. I noticed last night I was listening to the news. I don't know if anyone heard it because I don't hear them repeating it, that the CDC had a special meeting and they said they no longer, uh, they voted against the Johnson & Johnson But they're not going to say they don't want to give it up out because other countries don't have, you know, the the advantage of having refrigeration and having people come back more than once. So they don't want to outlaw it, but they want to out. They're saying if any of the um, vaccines to get, let the Johnson and Johnson be the last on your list. And a doctor said, if I have um, family members, I heard this last night. I was like shocked. I put my TV on rewind and had my husband listened to it. The doctor said, if my family members had to get the vaccine, I would not let them get the Johnson and Johnson. Well, April, a group of esteemed uh, scientists have uh, petitioned uh, the FDA and said, Give us your data, your research into Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson, because Moderna did it on their own. They didn't accept any government money from Trump. So uh, Johnson and Johnson did to develop their one shot vaccine and Pfizer, its two shot vaccine. And the FDA, in response to these scientists, has said we can give it to you in 50 years, which adds to the intrigue, the conspiratorial tone, the fact that a lot of people do not trust the government when you tell people that they've got to wait 50 years for information. 
Oh, might as well be all COVID-19, all Delta, all South African variant all the time here at WABC. We'll be taking your calls. 1-800-848-9222. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Uh, Kathy Holcomb, that's her new name, the new governor of New York, wants all New Yorkers to have... Vote by mail option. You know what this is leading to at the midterm elections in which uh, Republicans are expected to sweep to victory and take over the House and maybe even the Senate. Hokum means nonsense. Let's go right back to the phone. Steve was calling from Central Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Steve. Hey, Curtis. Curtis, I got a question for you. Ready? Yes. All right. You t- are you back to talking tough tonight? And I like that. All right. Where were you, New Yorkers, twenty uh, a year and a half, eighteen months ago, when all this crap started with Cuomo and De Blasio and locking you down? See that this is nothing that bothers me about New- you, New Yorkers. You talk a good game, but you ca- you acted like a bunch of sheeple and cowards. Now you're finally catching up with the fact they're taking advantage of you. And before you ask, I'll tell you where I was. I don't have the bully pulpit of a microphone, so I got to call into you. But I was telling anybody that would listen to New Jersey, we're being played for fools because I was tracking the freaking numbers going back to April 2020. Now, go ahead. You tell me now. What, where were all you tough New Yorkers talking tough back then, going back to March of 2020? Go ahead. Steve, uh, you live in Jersey, right? Correct. With a governor that was calling you all knuckleheads, right? Yeah, and I was speaking out about that, too. I don't have a bully pulpit, man. Don't have no, it. I understand, Steve, but you guys reelected a person who kept calling all of you knuckleheads. You think uh, that you capitulated, you folded like cheap cameras, you allowed yourselves, maybe not you, Steve, but others to be bullied? Yes. All right. Too many New Jersey people, too. But you know why? You and I talked about this before. We've been flooded with New Yorkers. See, the problem <laughs> emanates... And, and, Go ahead. Go ahead. Take go ahead. Go ahead. I, I called to take you on a little well, bit. Well, no, no. There are New Yorkers who, as part of their exodus, have moved to Jersey and Pennsylvania and Delaware and Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, uh, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, naturally Florida and parts unknown. You are correct, but there are just as many people who are packing their bags and fleeing New Jersey and set, and heading south of the Mason-Dixon line, Steve. You're correct. You're correct. Well, let me just put this out there. I, I, I'm... I was having some fun with you before. Uh, Governor, Mur- you notice Governor Murphy. By the way, I think Chitter- I've told you this before on the air. Chitterelli won. You know they played that game again. You know where they stopped counting the votes on election night. Uh, but anyway, okay, that's over and done with. You notice Governor Murphy's been a little quiet because we do have a recall provision. I just looked it up online here in New Jersey. Folks in New Jersey, look at change.org. and he can be recalled after a year. Yeah, it is. A uh, it is sort of sad, Steve. That New Jersey has recall. It's been used before in some local municipal elections effectively. Unfortunately, it's never enabled the voters to recall a sitting governor, uh, unlike California now where it's been used twice. One time to remove Gray Davis. Schwarzenegger replaced him. This time, uh, Pretty Boy Newsom fended off a challenge from Larry Elder. But we don't even have recall in any capacity here in New York State. Not for the governor, not for state elected officials, local elected officials. We should have recall as an option in New York. 
Let's go to Ellen in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ellen. Yeah. Hi, Curtis. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. You know, I was going to call about the COVID, but uh, after listening to Steve, I don't know if you remember that, but I used to call you when you were with uh, Jet Set and actually read to you uh, articles in the Star-Ledger about horrors of the COVID. And you even confirmed them. Because I believe you read the Star Ledger also. Yes, I do. I get in online. I read yeah. the Asbury now, Park uh, Press, the Star Ledger, the Bergen very Record. Few times, very few times has that been mentioned on any of your programs about Governor Murphy. I realize you're in New York Station. No, no, no. No, no. I, I perpetually mention this bully, Governor Murphy, who's always half in the bag. Another graduate of Goldmine Sachs. I don't understand why Jersey voters seem to have this adoration for anyone who's a alumni member of Goldmine Sachs. Uh, you did it with your previous governor, who was an absolute disaster, looked like a chipmunk with that beard. Uh, and then you made another mistake with uh, Murphy. Citarelli should have t- taken him out, but people were like, no, nah, we're used to being whipped, abused. Uh, Shamu El Hefe, Chris Christie used to do the same thing, shout, yell, holler, badger people. And I guess uh, in New Jersey, you just like to be bullied. You just like to be abused. Shamu El Hefe, Chris Christie did it to you. Uh, Murphy has done it to you. And I guess uh, you just wanted more of that bashing to continue. Let's go to Mike, who's calling from Irvington, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Hey, Kumara Chief, how you doing? Uh, here we go. Uh, lower him, Bruce, uh, for a second. We got to have radio call-in training, remedial training 101. Uh, Mike, if you ask, how am I doing? I'm going to tell you I've had better days. Kabish, Kabish, Mike. I kabish, I kabish. Okay. Hey, Curtis, how come nobody's talking about the herd immunity? Everybody wants us to get these shots, but nobody's talking about... You know, everybody gets sick, you get an immunity, and then you move on. Yeah, there's people who, you know, got comorbidities, and, you know, they got to take care of themselves. We get it. But what about, how come nobody talking about the regular people who just get sick and you move on? Well, because we have this fear, fright, hysteria, and hype put into us. Now, look, uh, we get conflicting information. We were told by the South African doctors who discovered this new variant that it's just the symptoms are like uh, a uh, a flu, not as serious as the Delta variant or the original COVID-19. Okay, they had it first. They said it hasn't been a catastrophe there. Now we have a Stanford study that says we can't stop the South African variant. Then another study that says there's no evidence that the South African variant is less severe than Delta. So people, they're like spun like a top. And then you have these elected officials who just want to put you in a state of fear, fright, hysteria, and hype like Governor Holcomb, who's now talking about mask mandates, vaccine mandates, shutting businesses down, possibly having kids go back to remote learning from their homes. This is crazy. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Uh, Thank you so much, Curtis. Curtis, uh, late last night, I learned from uh, a public interest group uh, 
uh, the head of the public interest group that I've spoken to on several occasions previously. I learned that uh, uh, he, his group has been trying open the dot, uh, open the books dot com is the name of his group. I learned they uh, have been trying for uh, about ten months to uh, to get uh, uh, through Freedom of Information Act uh, financial background records on uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci at NIH. Now, they have finally been given the promise that they will receive these documents in February uh, coming. And uh, the number of the documents are 11,000. Well, so last night I'm thinking about this and I'm saying, what kind of an individual has 11,000 documents of personal financial information? I learned it today when uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. revealed uh, in an interview with uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert, he revealed that he has been fighting Anthony Fauci in court for 20 years. Now, now let me ask you a question about uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You mentioned him. Uh, you know, he and his wife uh, sent out invitations for a Christmas party to their friends and relatives in which they indicated that you had to be vaccinated. And then all of a sudden, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. did, did what most husbands do, blame the wife. Now, do you really think that he was oblivious to what those invitations said, Michael? Well, let's not miss the main point here. Those well, 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 well. again, it's do as I say, not as I do. He sends out invitations to a family party, a party for their friends, uh, for people who are working together with them on the anti-vaxxer side. And it says specifically, you've got to provide information that you are vaccinated. And instead of saying, mistake, you know, my staff, myself, I should have reviewed it better. Who do you blame? The wife. By the way, who is a recent actor who was being interviewed by Howard Stern who decided to blame his wife for the problem that he is a degenerate, he is a skirt chaser, he is an alcoholic. Instead of manning up and taking responsibility for his own weaknesses, and many of you uh, know who that actor was who was taking a pounding as he should. Instead of manning up and saying, you know, it's all my fault, he blamed his wife. He blamed his wife on a national radio show that has uh, replicated itself. So we got RFK Jr. blaming his wife for the invitations that went out for their family gathering during the holidays that said you had to be vaccinated or prove you were vaccinated. And then we have this uh, star who's chasing uh, Jenny around the block uh, who decided in an interview with Howard Stern to blame all of his problems, uh, of which there are a myriad of them, many of them. On his wife, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, let's go to Brian in Piscataway. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Brian. Hey, Curtis, man. I miss you, man. Long time, baby. Well, you got me now. I'm back. Yeah. What's up with, what's up with your man, Casamitidis, man? He got this guy, Greg Kelly, in your spot, man. When you going to get your spot back? And this guy, Malone, man, he got the go, man. When you going to come back full full throttle, bro? Well, remember, Brian, nobody has a spot here at WABC. Uh, every day they lend you the microphone. You do a program. 
you're grateful if you get the microphone back the next day. I'm just grateful that I have any talk time here because, remember, I, I left the job to go run for mayor. I failed to become the mayor, and they were good enough to welcome me back. So I'll take anything yeah, that comes my way. get rid of that Gavone. Get rid of that Gavone. <laughs> he's a Gavone. He's a Gavone. Well, for every person that thinks he's a Gavone, there are other people who listen to him. And you can hear Greg Kelly every Monday through Friday from one fifteen to 3 o'clock. And then obviously watch him on Newsmax at night at 7 o'clock as he uh, he does a lot of styling and profiling on TV. But he does a lot of observational talk. What I mean by that is he's an observer of what's happening in the streets. He's in the subways. He's on the buses. Very unusual. And he gives you his observations that have nothing at all to do with his politics. It's more cultural, social, personal it's a different twist on talk radio, a twist that I like. Got to check it out if you can. Listen to him live. You just go to the podcast, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Eric. Hey, Eric. Uh, I love Steve from New Jersey. That guy's great. Um, I had a couple of points, but remember early on, Dr. Burks, the lady with the scarf, she basically admitted she was padding the numbers. She said, oh, we don't count them like we do in Europe. Uh, if you die with COVID, if you have it, even if you die of something else, we count you as COVID. So basically, like, uh, if someone got shot dead and they had COVID, oh, that's a COVID death. You know, I mean, I want you to, what do you think about these numbers? I mean, I, I, a lot of people think it's really lower than they're saying. Well, you can answer that I'm gone. Well, um, well, Eric, you don't have to leave. They they claim between <laughs> the Trump years and the Biden years, he's almost at a year uh, that he's president. We've had a total of 800,000 Americans who have died with COVID-related symptoms. Do you disagree with that? What do you think of the numbers? A, a lot of people I know that know doctors and stuff, and, and people in the know say it's still actual COVID deaths, like COVID alone. It's less than 20,000. Some people think less than that. I think less than 50, less than 80. Uh, I mean, I'm getting over something that's somewhere between, I don't even know if it's just a bad cold or a mild flu. It's like, um, and I haven't got one shot. I mean, I, I'm not going to, see. so who knows? I mean, you never, you never really know. I think as far as the unvaccinated people, blaming the unvaccinated, I think, was always going to be in the script. You know? Well, now, I mean, remember, it, remember this, is, this is all taking place uh, during the flu season. So normal flu is taking place. You have the normal COVID-19, you have the Delta variant, and now you have the South African variant. So people may be coming down with any one of those or a combination of them. It's it's that time of year. Between this, they're scaring people. Like you said, there's many people this way. They don't know what to do. And, like, I don't think they know what they want to do. They want to look like they're doing something. You know, I don't know. But, anyway, Chris, thanks a lot. You're great. you got a lot more fans, you know. Yeah, you're great. Thank do, you. Thank do appreciate that. Let's go to Carol, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Carol. Well, Curtis, of course, you're speaking about Ben Affleck, one of my favorite people. I'm being sarcastic, of course. Boy, what a what a jerky boy to be on with Howard Stern and then blame all of his personal problems on his wife. Terrible. It's terrible. I mean, he's a success at what he does. He does motion pictures. Mm-hmm. He uh, does gambling uh, advertisements now for Win International in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, he's chasing J-Lo around again, lip-locking with her. Uh, every time you, you turn on the TV or you open a newspaper, you see them lip-locking. And he just yeah. decides to dump on his wife. 
Yeah, but he dumped her years ago. So what is he doing back with her again? It's ridiculous, in my opinion. No, no, but Carol, remember, you split up, you go your separate ways. I've certainly done that many times. But Mm -hmm. it's between the both of you. Uh, Everybody knows he's had problems. It's been very public. You've seen him half in the bag. You've seen him with the Jake leg, the rum rouge. You've seen him uh, fall down drunk at times. How do you end Mm -hmm. up? How do you end up blaming your wife, who's had your two children with you, for the problems that you've had? And you've said, "Well, it was all because of her." No, it's not. (laughs) Definitely not. All right, our number is 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Scott in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Scott. Curtis, my brother, how are you tonight? Uh, let's go through uh, know, you've been talk radio protocol, Scott. Remember, don't ask me how I'm doing because I'm just going to tell you I've had better days. Kavish, Scott, Kavish. Hey, hey, Curtis. Yes. That woman before me stole my thunder. I knew it was Ben Affleck, but I'll tell you one thing. I remember I met you at uh, <laughs> the Mermaid Day Parade probably about five or six years ago. Yes. And I got to see the real, real Curtis Lee were in action. I was there with my beautiful wife, and I saw you walk by, and I said, Yo, Curtis! And you walked over, walked right past me, stuck your hand out to my wife and said, Hello, Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> wow, wow. You got the Curtis Sliwa treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the flesh, live and in person. I tell you something, you're a legend, man. You've been around forever. I'm 60 years old, and as long as I remember, you've been in the news. Now, Scott, do me a favor. A lot of people, they've heard about the Mermaid Day Parade annually in Coney Island. Unfortunately, it's been canceled these last uh, two years because of the pandemic and lockdown. Describe for them what they're missing. Absolute X-rated bedlam, but a good time for adults. Uh, Everything from rock and roll bands on flatbed trucks to... uh, People that seem to have trouble identifying their gender, dressed up as opposites, but uh, very done very awfully. <laughs> now, when it first came out more than uh, 25 years ago, uh, it was known because the women just would not wear any tops. They pretended to be sirens, mermaids, uh, but they would not have any tops, so their mammary glands would be exposed now it's just totally accepted. It's no biggie. You go to the Mermaid Day Parade. What's the one thing you see a lot of, Scott? A lot of men dressed like women. <laughs> <laughs> Do appreciate it. Uh, our number is 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Ann in Brighton Beach. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ann. I just have to say, I listen to whatever Dr. Fauci says for me to do. I get a booster, I get a booster. And it's a boost to prevent me from getting the COVID. So I think he's great. Now, you never question his advice? No. Do you have real doctors who provide you with medical care other than the TV doctor, Dr. Fauci? I go to a doctor from time to time, and they tell me that I should listen to him, and they telling me that I should take the uh, booster, and I do. No, I'm not. I'm not arguing with that. But Ann, uh, haven't you heard people in the past say, "Well, the idea is to get different opinions from different doctors, and then come to your own conclusion." 
Well, all the doctors that I listen to are saying the same thing that he does, except certain stations that don't. They go picking on him like crazy. And I think he's very good. I'm excellent. All right. But you're happy with his advice. Yes, I'm happy with him. What would you say, though, to others who believe that, gee, they don't like that advice and they're going to seek other medical advice that might lead them in a different direction during this lockdown and pandemic? I say say that they're not scientists, so they should listen to Dr. Fauci. So all of our politicians, all of our elected officials... Those who are responsible for these daily press conferences that just always seem to be so negative. Whatever Fauci says, that's the way it should be, right? Yes. Now, Ann, uh, how old is Fauci? About 80 years old. About 80, right? Doesn't matter. Uh, Well, he's been there. He's been there like 50 years. Schumer's been there 50 years. Pelosi, 50 years. Biden, 50 years. McConnell, 50 years. Republicans and Democrats, doctors, they're there for like half a century. You think it's time for a little new blood, different ideas, different ways of dealing with things, Ann? No. Oh, you love Dr. Fauci. You're part yes. of the Dr. Fauci yes. fan club. Yes, I do. Now, did you like watching the daily updates, the PowerPoint presentations of then Governor Cuomo? No. no, no. I didn't care for him. Right, I didn't he, care for him. But he always and praised Dr. Fauci. Also, the girl before you said she likes Ben Affleck. I don't care for him either. Wow. But remember Cuomo and Fauci. <laughs> Dr. Fauci, I like. I know, but they were like a team, remember? Mm-hmm. Remember how they were saying such nice things to one another? Listen to Cuomo, listen to Fauci. They're like speaking. To... Why is it you didn't like Cuomo? What was it about a man? I, I just didn't care for him. I didn't care for him. And so would, I you, like uh, would you agree with me? He was Andrew Evilized Cuomo. Did you ever notice his eyes? Yes. Very shifty, right? Yes, yes, you're right. He Absolutely. would be eye fornicating people, mad dogging people. You notice that, Ann? Yes, I did. Okay, I, we're in agreement. Not, not Dr. Fauci. No, 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 not <laughs> Dr. Fauci. Uh, Dr. Fauci. Boy, no, you're, no. you're a real groupie of Dr. Fauci. Yes, I am, and I tell everybody that I love him. That's great, because <laughs> remember, Cuomo had his groupies, too. Oh, well. Whatever, well, hap- whatever happened to them? But whatever happened to the Cuomo groupies? But he wasn't a scientist. He wasn't a scientist. That's so. for sure, and uh-huh. I mean, we're talking a lifelong fan here of Dr. Fauci. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Anyone else want to get on the fan train of Dr. Fauci? That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. We've started a Dr. Fauci fan club here, led by Ann in Brighton Beach. And I think Alfred in Yonkers wants to join. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Alfred. Hi, hi, Curtis. I, I just want to say that um, that that I'm in disagreement with Ann. I'm, I'm not a fan of Dr. Fauci's. I, you know, I have my reservations about him. And why is that? Why is that, Alfred? Because in the beginning, he was giving us different information, like um, he didn't think we had anything to worry about when it, when, it, when the COVID first 
you know, when it first hit our shores. Now, you do realize uh, you're causing a great deal of angst and suffering for Anne because she had mentioned, without mentioning you, Alfred, people like yourself who are so negative towards him. You do realize she's listening now, and she will be crestfallen. Uh, I, I do apologize, but I am a COVID survivor myself, and, and I'm also fully vaxxed. But, but um, again, I think... You know, I think it all. When, not, when, when, Alfred, did you come down with COVID? Oh, uh, February of this year. Oh, so you had it, and uh, how bad were the symptoms, or was it just like? I was hospitalized, but I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't on a respirator or anything like that. What did they do for you when you were hospitalized? They gave me remdesivir, I think it was. Yeah. They shot me up with that, and um, you know, I was having trouble breathing. Of course, then they. Um, and they put me on oxygen. And um, how many days before you knew you were in the clear? Um, I would say about a week. Wow, approximately a week. Uh, were you worried at any point? Um, in the beginning, I was because I have a heart. You know, I have a bad ticker. You know, I had open heart surgery, and I'm diabetic. So wow, you had the preconditions uh, in the back of your head. Were you thinking ventilator, ventilator? They were going to incubate you. Kind of, kind of, I was, but then, but then after a couple of days, I kind of, I kind of figured maybe I'm going to just pull out of this, and, and I did. <laughs> well, thank you. And which part of Yonkers you live in? Um, Dunwoody. Okay. I met you one time. I met you one time up by Midland Pizzeria. That was my old neighborhood, but originally I came from Nodine Hill. Yeah, that was uh, that was up on the hill. That pizzeria. Oh yeah, that was on the hill of Midland Avenue, and um. Midland Avenue by St. Anne's Church. I remember that. I was there. I think it was a Sunday gathering, a political gathering. Very yeah. unique the way it was positioned on the hill. I thought a strong rain and we'd all be washed down, uh, down to the Bronx. Anyway, let's go to Tom, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Yes, hello, Tom. Hey, Tommy. You see now, Tommy, he's wondering whether it's his turn to be heard. He's obviously in a vehicle of some type. He's shifting around. He's uh, not paying attention. Uh, He clearly has the radio off. That's fine, because that's what you're supposed to do when you're waiting to get on board. Uh, You know what you do? Keep Tommy up there. We'll see if he recovers Enough so that he realizes he had his big opportunity on the 50,000 powerful watts of sound, the number one news talk station in the nation, heard in 38 states, parts of Canada, and even in the Bermuda Triangle, where many a sailor, before they went down to Davy Jones's locker, their last uh, statement was, I was just listening to WABC Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. 1 800 848 uh, let's go to Pamela in Central Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pam. Yeah, um, for those Fauci groupies out there, everybody adored Jim Jones, too, and they drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Jonestown. Oh, oh, wow. So you equate Dr. Fauci to Jim Jones in Guyana. We didn't elect him. We need fresh blood. 
Dr. Robert Malone has just issued uh, some information. He's the creator of mRNA technology. Find out about him. This is really interesting. Breaking news. Breaking news here on WABC. Let's go to Gary calling. uh, No, no. Let's go to uh, Tom calling from Ohio. Which part of Ohio, Tom? I'm in the Youngstown, Ohio area. You know, I hope you can hold me over a little bit uh, if you go going to a break, because I've, I've got a few minutes I'd like to spend well, I've spent time in Youngstown and Warren, Ohio there. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure talking with you. Secondly, um, I, I want to tell you that I, I'm not displeased that you lost the mayorship race. And I say that in this respect. I think God has a higher calling for you. And, and I think what that amounts to, if you if you feel you can may, be mayor of New York City, then I think you could take your philosophy that you had with the guardian angels and take back not only as you did New York City, I think you can apply that on a national level, put together a program where we can start taking back the cities in terms of the street situation, taking back the public schools, taking back the universities, taking back uh, the, the media taking back our Constitution as it's been abused. Well, Tom, from Youngstown, Ohio, boy, a lot of heavy lifting there. I think I'm the crime fighter extraordinaire in 13 countries, 130 cities with the Guardian Angels. I'll continue with that from now on. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You know it. Party Hardy, it may be the last time. 
some of you are coming from restaurants, bars, gin mills, clubs, and I just have the sense that I cannot trust the outgoing mayor, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who is probably going puff-pump pass right now with his old lady, Charlene McRae, on the back porch of City Hall. He swears that there will be no lockdowns, no shutdowns. But do any of you really trust him? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Remember, it was a month ago he was dancing the horror in the Tarantella in Times Square, urging people by the tens of thousands to assemble when the ball drops on January 1st. And he was saying, no problems. You know, we're out of it. This will be a celebration. Uh, we're bringing together people who will be coming here from Mexico City and Montreal and all other parts because, let's face it, nobody from New York City, the five boroughs or surrounding areas wants to be there when the craziness takes place. But what a super spreader that would be. How do you suddenly close Radio City Music Hall, no rocket shows, Broadway or Broadway? Some of the sporting events are closed, uh, mostly because teams, uh, when being tested, have come up positive with the new variant or the old variant Delta or just COVID-19. And not realize that with the little time left between now and January 1st, it can only get worse. It's not going to get better. Especially when you see all of the news that's come out today. We're going to open up our phone lines. We're going to be talking about this because this affects everybody. Everybody. They're talking about closing schools and going back to virtual learning. Prince George County, one of the largest counties in America, has decided to do that against the CDC, which has said to school districts around the country, no, no, no. Uh, let the kids come in for in-school training. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But also there are battles in the air. Millions of people will be flying around this Christmas and New Year's holiday. And there's a guy down in Florida who has set a trend that others are starting to imitate. As you know, different airlines have different rules and regulations. You can certainly weigh in on that if you've taken an airline of late. I haven't. I'd love to know what the rules and regulations are relating to COVID uh, and uh, how it is that passengers are processed and what you have to do when you're actually on a plane, whether you're a steward, a stewardess, a pilot, or you're a passenger. 1-800-848-9222, or you work in some other capacity for an airline. Could be JetBlue, that's the local airline in our area, or the other subsidiaries that have, obviously, routes here to JFK, to LaGuardia, or Newark. 1-800-848-WABC. But listen to what happened to this guy in Fort Lauderdale who was wearing a thong on his face as if it were a mask, had done it a number of times with no problems, but I think it was American Airlines who decided uh, to give him the heave-ho. I don't wear the mask in the airport at all. At all. TSA makes you do it to get through TSA, but the second I get my bin and I put my belt back on, it's off. Instead of a mask, this Cape Coral man wears a bright red thong on airplanes. Thank you for watching NBC2. I'm Peter Bush. Adam Jenny says he's done this almost two dozen times throughout the pandemic, but this time it didn't fly with a crew in Fort Lauderdale. NBC2's Sarah Metz is talking to the man who says he is making history. 
A Cape Coral man was spotted on a United Airlines flight masking up, but not with one of these. He actually was wearing underwear on his face. This is Adam Jenny. To which I replied, it's a mask, doing its job. Wearing his statement piece, a bright red thong. I think the best way to illustrate absurdity is with absurdity. Jenny says he's worn underwear as a mask since the beginning of the pandemic. Every single flight has been met with different different reactions from the flight crew. And this time, they weren't having it. I am banned from flying United, so so much for the customer is always right. He got kicked off the flight, but what happened after is what really surprised him. People started following, just filing off the plane. Maybe a dozen, something like that. It happened after this guy questioned why Jenny got removed. Then he says others followed his lead. It's nonsense. It's all nonsense. Kobe doesn't know that we're at cruising altitude. It's stupid. The whole thing is theater. Even as COVID cases start to climb again and hospitals fill up across the country, Jenny is comparing himself to civil rights icons. Everything else that has sparked change in this country has started from everyday people. Rosa Parks was nobody famous. She changed the course of history. United Airlines says Jenny wasn't in compliance with the federal mask mandate, and they gave him a refund. Jenny will try to fly again tomorrow with a different airline. Hopefully Spirit has a better sense of humor tomorrow. We'll see, I guess. Reporting in Lee County, Sarah Metz, NBC2. We have no idea if he was able to book a Spirit Airlines flight with the red thong that he used as a mask on 10 previous flights. It was United that banned him from their airline. But imagine he was comparing himself to Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. 1-800-848-9222. That's one 800 848 WABC. Let's go to uh, Mel, who's calling from Tom Rivers down the Jersey Shore. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mel. Hi, Curtis. I'm sorry you lost, honey. I was really pulling for you. Did you vote for me, Mel? No, I couldn't. I'm. I. I don't live in New York. I live in Jersey, honey. Are you I a Democrat? Are you a Democrat or a Republican? Should I, do I have to answer that? No, no, you don't. Okay, yeah, you know what? I will answer that. I'm a Republican. Okay. I'll answer that. Because if you were a Democrat, Mel, especially if you were living in Hudson County, the most corrupt Democratic county in America, which includes Hoboken, Jersey City, uh, Union City, uh, Weehawken, et cetera, you could have voted for me twice, three times, four times, five times. It wouldn't have mattered, Mel. You could have put your hands across the Hudson River, and oh, I would honey, be I'm, the mayor-elect today. Oh, honey, I'm 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 sorry, but listen, I I I want to jump on the bandwagon. The city is dead. The city, uh, that governor, she has finished the city off. It's not going to survive, Curtis, and you know it. Yeah, well, Governor Holcomb you, it, is hell bent on locking down this city and imposing not just mask mandates, but vax mandates. It's not going to survive. It's, you know it's not going to survive. It's, it's finished. It's finished. It's unfortunate. But give it, us an it, idea it, of what's happening in your neck of the woods, Tom's River. Um, really, nothing right now. Um, Governor Murphy is eerily quiet. 
and uh, I I don't know. He's 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 very quiet. There's nothing really being said down here, and and you know, no mandates being implemented yet. He doesn't have uh, the signs up on all the uh, state highways, you know, reflecting that if you don't wear a mask, if you're not vaxxed, you're a knucklehead. I haven't, you know what, I haven't been on the highway in a few weeks. I don't know. I can't speak about that. But as far as I can see, he, it's very quiet. Nothing, nothing has happened yet. You know, because he was following New York, you know, at the very beginning. He was following New York. So whatever Cuomo was doing, he was doing. Do you think but he was in quiet. shock that Citarelli almost took him out? You know what, <laughs> Curtis? I think Citarelli won, and I think you know a fast one was pulled again, and you know that's what that that's what I think. And if something isn't done, something isn't done. If Republicans, if people don't do something about this, it's going to happen again in the midterms. Mel, are you saying that there was technology used in counting the votes in New Jersey, the Soprano state in America? Oh, Curtis. Citarelli was up and over, and then sometime after midnight, something happened again. Like, like during the 2020, you know, the the 2021 election, the election that just happened that nobody's allowed to talk about. Well, well you know, I, I went, in, even though I was campaigning myself, as you know, for the mayoralty here in New York City, I did go across the uh, Hudson River to check up on uh, Eric Adams, uh, his uh, living situation uh, in Fort Lee, uh, apartment 22H. That's where he actually lives. And while I was there, I spoke at a GOP Bergen County function on behalf of Citarelli, and he certainly had momentum. There was no doubt about that. I liked the vibe that Republicans had out in Bergen County for Citarelli. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. I-, I thought he had the momentum to take out the real knucklehead he, Murphy. He, yeah, he did. I think he did. And I'm, I'm just, you know, listen, if I thought that he lost, I would say I, I think he lost. It just wasn't there. But I don't I don't think he lost. I really, really don't think he lost. Now, let me ask you, what is it about the Jersey persona? Uh, you had Corzine, the chipmunk there, graduate of Goldmine Sachs, horrible governor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Murphy yeah. campaigned on the fact initially, hey, I'm a graduate of Goldmine Sachs. What is it about the Jersey voter? You fooled me once with the Goldmine Sachs graduate. You fooled me again. You got this guy Fulop in Jersey City. He wants to become the next governor. He's a graduate of Goldmine Sachs. How come the Jersey voters haven't connected the dots and said, if you worked at Goldmine Sachs, not good to be representing the people in New Jersey and Trenton? Yes. Hold on, hold on, Mel. You got to talk right into the phone, right into the phone. Okay. If I if 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 I have the answer to that, this whole this whole world would be a completely different proposition. It really, really would. Mm. You could say the same thing about New York voters too. Oh yes, I can. When 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 will they learn? When will they learn? Now, from what I heard. Kathy Hochul has a, a, a huge approval rating in New York. Why exactly why? So much so that Tish James dropped out. Now, why? remember, Mel, her new name, I've given her a new name tonight, is Kathy <laughs> Hochum. Hochum means nonsense. 
And that's all she spews of late is nonsense. Mask mandates, vax mandates, lockdowns. She's starting to go backwards instead of just holding the line. I understand things are a little difficult now, but don't blink. Hold the line. You know, when yeah. de, when de Blasio looks like he's better capable of holding the line than Kathy Holcomb, God, God save all of us. We're we're oh, yeah. we're in we're, we're in real trouble. Who who are you? Uh, who are you uh, for a pick as far as uh, governor goes? What do you think about the? Um, well, I, I'm going to give you some inside information. Obviously, not for the Democrats. We have four of them running, uh, as you mentioned, the favorite uh, Kathy. And remember the name. Start calling her what she is. Nonsense, Holcomb. She's okay. well ahead of the three other candidates. You have Tom, Pretty Boy, Swazi. Uh, you have uh, uh, the worst of the lot is Jumani Williams, the public advocate of New York City. He hates cops, hates prisons, hates the military, yet he lives Yikes. on Fort Hamilton, an active garrison of the United States Army uh, in uh, Diker Heights underneath the Verrazano Bridge. Uh, and then you have nice. and then you have nice. he hasn't announced yet. <clears throat> Comrade Bill de Blasio, those are your four Democrats for the Republicans. <laughs> Uh, you have a uh, congressman from uh, Suffolk County. Uh, you have uh, Rob Astorino, who used to be the uh, county executive in Westchester. Right. And Andrew Giuliani. I had a sit down uh, with uh, Rudy Giuliani tonight. We spent a lot of time together because, remember, I campaigned for him when he became mayor. He campaigned for me. And I said tonight for the first time to Rudy, what can we do to help your son become the next governor of New York? Because Lee Zeldin, congressman, nice guy, but he hasn't caught fire, is just not doing it amongst Republicans. And you got to win the Republican primary before you can take on probably what will be Kathy. And what's her last name again, Mel? Uh, Holcomb. Nonsense. Correct. Nonsense. Holcomb. Right. Holcomb. Nonsense. That's, okay. that's what Holcomb means. So okay. I'm going to be uh, meeting up with uh, Andrew Giuliani this Sunday. We're at, <clears throat> believe it or not, a Lithuanian Christmas party. I'm getting an award there in Mashpit. His uh, wife is Lithuanian. She just delivered their first baby into the world. Beautiful. Uh, yes, I heard. Yes, I heard. So right. you're going to see the baby, too? You're going to get to see the baby? I don't think so. I think uh, the baby will probably be at home with the mother, but I'll, I'll meet Andrew there. And then I'm going to have him on the show that I do on Sunday nights. I'm on from 8 to 1 before Frank Morano, the other right. side of midnight. And I'll have him on in the 10 o'clock hour so he can talk to all of you because I really think that I've got to get out there on the campaign trail to promote Andrew Giuliani. Can you imagine the three of us will be like the three horsemen, Rudy Giuliani, Curtis Lewa, promoting Andrew Giuliani to be the next governor of the state of New York. Oh man, that would be that. That sounds, that sounds really great. That so what about you? is a lot you of firepower. Do you think you're going to throw your hat in for mayor again, or are you going to run for Senate? No, no, no. A lot of people no, no, I, saying I, I, that you should run for Senate, Curtis. Well, number one, we want Eric Adams to have an opportunity to save this city. Anybody is better than Comrade Bill de Blasio. Of uh, course. Let's give Eric Adams a chance to do what he has said he will do. We'll know in six months if he's doing it or it's hollow rhetoric. And, yes, I put together a pack. StopSchumer.com. That's StopSchumer.com. You can all go to that pack. And it's to uh, okay. find the candidate 
a Republican to run against Schumer because the Republicans in New York State never run anybody against Schumer of, of significance. Mm-hmm. And to help other Republicans around the country running for U.S. Senate seats, because everybody talks about the House, uh, the, flipping the House. But nobody talks right. about all the Senate seats that are up for re-election or election, depending on if the incumbents are remaining uh, in the Senate. And I want to focus on Schumer, who is the poster child of term limits. He's got to go, but he's not alone. Mitch McConnell, he's a poster child for term limits. I want to turn this into a forum in which we are saying if you're in the Senate, if you're in the House, there's got to be term limits. In fact, Alphonse Alley Boyd D'Amato, just the other week with John Katsimatidis uh, on his roundtable discussion at 5 o'clock himself, who previously supported Schumer after Schumer had beat him to win the U.S. Senate seat in New York, uh, now is advocating two six-year terms, a total of 12 years for U.S. senators. First time Alphonse Alleyboy D'Amato is saying that. And believe it or not, as much as we're at odds with one another, we're in agreement on that. We have got to get rid of the royalty in Washington, D.C., who think that they're there in perpetuity. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Shower stall, pal. Like Dominic Carter, he thinks he can sing. Bo Snurdly, you hear him every uh, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5. He thinks he can sing. Bo will be on in just a few hours, 8 to 10. Guarantee you, he'll be singing along with some R&B song that reintroduces his show. Save it for the shower stalls, pal. God. Will we have a white Christmas? How are we going to have a white Christmas? It's like 63 degrees, right? Do you know this time last year, if you go to my Curtis Lewa Facebook page, you will see me outdoors in about a foot of snow being blown away by what was, um, I'll call it a mini tornado, a snowstorm. This time last year, we had snow and it was 23 degrees. It is now about 63 degrees and I'm schwitzing. Schwitzing. Now tell me that there's not something going on in the ether there. Global warming, climate change. I checked in with the Denver Guardian Angels. They're on Colfax there, patrolling Union Station. It's as out of control there uh, in downtown uh, Denver as it is in Penn Station here in midtown uh, New York City. And I said, it's snow there, right? It's December. Hey, Colorado, right? <laughs> you know, Vail. All the city. They said, but not in Denver. What the hell is going on out there? Ladies and gentlemen, something is going on in the ether. These are not normal weather conditions. And now, side by side, we're getting clobbered with a new round of, I'll call it the deviant strain of the COVID-19 virus. First it was Delta, now there's the South African strain. reason I call it the South African strain because I can't pronounce the freaking new strain. 
It's all Greek to me. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mike in Bergen County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Hey, Curtis. How you, I know you don't like that. Uh, but, you uh, see, you caught yourself. You caught yourself, Mike, myself. right? Right. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, you got uh, you got me fired up about this Phil Murphy thing out here in Jersey. Every time I drive through a toll booth, I like curse the guy, you know? He's, uh, you know, he had a lot of support, like you said, up in Bergen County. But, um, you know, the Democrats did a good job in the cities, like in uh, Newark, you know, with signs and all this stuff. And I was just wondering, do you feel that um, the Republicans backed you well when you ran in New York? And do you think that uh, they backed Chitterelli enough here in Jersey? No, I think uh, you have this looming specter of Shamu. El Jefe, Chris Christie, looming on the landscape of Jersey from Hoboken to Camden. You know, first he loves Trump, then he hates Trump, he loves Trump, he hates Trump. Now he says he's going to run for the Republican primary. He's got no shot. You know, obviously, if you weren't a Trumper, you might think DeSantis or Cotton or some other potential candidate. But why Shamu? I'll have to say Chris Christie is involved in this process is beyond me. Now, I may be incorrect, Mike. I was busy campaigning for myself to be mayor, in which I got very little help from the local Republicans or the state Republicans, very little. But my my impression was that Citarelli in Jersey either didn't want Shamu Chris Christie help or Chris Christie, his humongous ego, wouldn't enable him to actually go out and campaign paying for Citarelli and say, hey, we got to knock Murphy out. He's calling all of you knuckleheads like I used to call you all knuckleheads. You know, I, I just think that, um, you know, these people that vote, you know, for the Democrats, and, you know, a lot of them are corrupt and um, a lot of them do a poor job. The people that are voting, they read the headlines. They don't really listen to the news. And, you know, the headlines these days are very tilted in one direction or another, you know. So the signs that they put up against Chitterelli in Newark all said, don't vote for Trump. <laughs> like They were basically saying that a vote for Chitterelli was a vote for Trump. I, I you know, so I, the- I followed Chitterelli's campaign, even though I was uh, immersed, as you know, first in a Republican primary here where I beat my opponent, Fernando mm-hmm. Mateo, handily by 70, 30 percent. Uh, and then mm-hmm. against the uh, winner of the Democratic primary because of ranked choice voting, Eric Adams. Uh, I did go out uh, to Bergen County on two occasions. Both times I was looking for Eric Adams living in Fort Lee. I finally found his apartment there. But both times I went out of my way to actually campaign for Citarelli versus Murphy, calling everyone knuckleheads. In fact, stopping traffic as they were lined up to get clipped and ripped off going through the New Jersey uh, Port Authority part of the divide of the George Washington Bridge and saying to them, this is crazy. You got to take a reverse mortgage in order to cross that bridge, go through the Hudson right. Tunnel, Lincoln Tunnel. Then if you want to go into Staten Island in order to get into the five boroughs, the outer ridge crossing, you get clipped. Uh, the Gothels Bridge, you get clipped. The Bayonne Bridge, yeah. you get clipped. When are you all going to learn? And Murphy raised all the tolls on the parkway and on the uh, turnpike. 
And now I hear there's another raise coming soon. And it's like yep. within the same year. Right after the so, election, uh, the Garden State Parkway, tolls raised. Term, of course. It's just no good. So can yeah. anybody out there explain this to me? Forget what he's done and the fact that he has turned the people of New Jersey into human pinatas by calling them all knuckleheads. Why, right. if you had Corazine, such a horrible governor, you turned him out. And you elected Shamu El Jefe, Chris Christie, the Republican. Then you remember didn't... when he was uh, he was the star of the country. He was the best governor, right? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I remember then... when he first went out to campaign after leaving the U.S. Attorney's Office in Newark, where he did a great job prosecuting not only crooked, crooked Democrats but crooked Republicans. It always was about sewer contracts, always about sewer contracts, especially in Patterson and Paramus. But the fact was, he went into, what was that, uh, Downbrook, I believe it was. Uh, all uh, Hispanics were there. He got spun like a top on the immigration issue, the illegal immigration uh, issue. Uh, and Rudy rode to his rescue. Rudy smacked him around, said, hey, you got to be concise. you got to be clear. He was an excellent candidate against Corzine. Uh, he could have been the Republican nominee. Remember, the hog farmers from Iowa came there to the governor's mansion uh, outside of Princeton there and drum thwack it. They begged him to run. Remember, they begged him to run. And he said, you're not begging hard enough. And then finally, Mitt Romney well, slipped in. Uh, and you know the rest of the story there. You know, Chris, I just I just really think the Republicans need to um, come together more. And they need to, um, you know, back their candidates stronger and um, maybe like, you know, canvas some of these city neighborhoods because the suburbs are fine. You see, the, you know, the, everybody's lawn was littered with uh, Chitterelli signs up here. But when you went into the cities, there was a totally different story. You had disgusting signs about Chitterelli all over Newark, you know. Mike, and I've told where- uh, Republicans that. If you're not willing to go into neighborhoods where the only Republican they've seen is Abraham Lincoln on a $5 bill, you may continue to lose elections north of the Mason-Dixon line. You'll continue to do well in the southwest. You'll continue to do well in the south. But if you're going to win elections uh, in these hard-fought areas where there's a lot of urban votes, you've got to start getting black, Hispanics, to consider the Republicans. The one thing I was and able to... When you speak to them, they know the truth. When you speak to these people, because I do it, and they, they know the truth. Yeah, well, and I think know. also you can't be a fair-weather friend. You can't just show up one time, one time only. you got to be there, good times, yeah. bad times. Uh, I was able to do one positive thing through the mayoral campaign, although I lost to Eric Adams, and that was I won all the Asian votes. I won the Chinese-American right. votes. That was a first... Because I spent a lot of time with them. Especially with Andrew Chang running. You still took the votes, right? And Well, Andrew Yang, remember, uh, the reason they yeah. took uh, umbrage to Eric Adams is when Andrew Yang was running against uh, Eric Adams and the other candidates, there were 13 in the Democratic primary, which was determined by ranked choice. Uh, Eric Adams called Andrew Yang a racist, a carpetbagger, a charlatan, a snake oil salesman. And I say, you can call Andrew Yang many things. You can call Curtis Slewa many things. But neither one of us are racist. And by the way, he called me a racist, too. But, Mike, you're absolutely right. The Republicans have got to circle the wagons and support their candidates down ballot. They can't be missing in action like many of them were in New Jersey. 
although obviously in the southern part of the state, they did extraordinarily well, unexpectedly, uh, and uh, through other parts of New York State and especially here in the five boroughs. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Ladies and gentlemen, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. We'll continue to take your calls. But the other afternoon, I was listening to Greg Machine Gun Kelly. By the way, he was the birthday boy today. Did a great job in raising the shimoles, the ducats, the cheddar, uh, the mula shmula for the Cones uh, Children Miracle uh, Medical Center. They do miracles there. It's right there where Nassau County meets uh, Queens. But I love listening to his program. He starts right after O'Reilly does a 15-minute hit from 1 to 1.15 in the afternoon. And then Greg is on from 1.15 to 3. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, he was talking about a dream sequence that he had involving Ronald Reagan, the former president, and Fig Newtons. So you know when you're dreaming... Think of any dream you've had. Are your dreams like mine where they kind of don't make sense? There are random kind of characters and issues and things that don't make sense in the conscious world, but somehow they make sense in your dream. Like one dream I know I've had, I'm uh, I'm playing basketball, one-on-one basketball with Ronald Reagan, and we're walking in a field of Fig Newtons, Fig Newton cookies, and he's on my case about why I broke the TV and he can't watch uh, Sesame Street. Stuff like that just makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, if I think about those things that make no sense, because there's that moment between consciousness and sleep where you're almost aware of your dream and you can kind of nothing actually makes sense. So if you start thinking things that don't make sense, another one I like is um, I'm driving in a moon buggy. With uh, the weatherman on TV and, uh, you know, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and, and, and you're driving through, say, uh, the desert and all of a sudden there's a McDonald's uh, uh, grocery store. Notice I said grocery store, not 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 a fast food place. It's got to be weird and different and unusual and doesn't make sense. If you start consciously thinking those kinds of things... Your mind drifts off more easily, more readily to the stuff in your dreams that also does not make sense. Know what I mean? I hope so. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, uh, but I got to do something to fall asleep earlier. It's either that or NyQuil. I'm doing something. Uh, I'm going to try tonight. I want to be in bed with the lights out at 10 o'clock. Down south, they call that the slow fizz, NyQuil. Ho, ho, ho. I want you all to do dream analysis for Greg Kelly. Uh, remember what he said. He was out there playing basketball against President Ronald Reagan in a field of Fig Newtons. What do you suggest that that means? There has to be some kind of subliminal effect there. Either that or it's like really heavy shrooms. I mean, psychedelic shack, that's where it's at, psychedelic drugs, right? But some of you, you have these kind of dreams. Then he added to it the caboose. And he said he's had a dream where he's in a moon buggy 
with the weatherman at his station, probably when he was doing uh, the show at Channel 5, the local affiliate of Fox News, with Kermit the Frog. Now, being armchair shrinks, psychologists and psychiatrists, what do you think that suggests, ladies and gentlemen? And also about your own dreams. I don't dream. I don't sleep a lot. I believe there'll be plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. And then they put you, in my case, a cardboard box, half shoes, half suit, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and then all of a sudden they give you a dirt bath. But I'm sure some of you dream. Uh, there is a whole industry out there that analyzes dreams for the good or the bad. Sometimes it's almost as if it provides a script for what you should be doing or might be doing, even though it's affecting your subliminal sense, your subconsciousness. Many of you right now, you have the earbuds in your ear. You're perpendicular to the ground. You don't want your uh, your mate, uh, whether it be female or male, to be woken up because they're not listening to talk radio at 2.43 in the morning. So you're trying to do it on the sly, hush, hush, mush, mush, not to disturb them. So you have stung God. And I'm sure you go in and out of listening, and sometimes there's a dream sequence. Can you identify with anything that Greg Machine Gun Kelly had to say just the other day in advance of his birthday today? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mike in Hoboken. Uh, Thanks for patiently waiting on the line, Mike. Hey, Curtis. How are you? Uh, I'm sorry to say that. No, no, no. We'll, 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 we'll do a little corrective. I apologize. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you. But, Mike, and to all other listeners out there, if you call, there are three things you should not do. It's like a tick. It's a reaction that callers have. Like Mike did, although he was very apologetic doing his mea copas, his mea copas, his mea maxima copas. Don't ask me how I'm doing because I'm going to say, Mike, that I've had better days. Right? Okay. So I forgive you. I forgive you, Mike. I, I grew up in Hudson County, you know, the crookedest county in the country. Yep. Yeah, Bobby Menendez, crook number one. Menendez, yeah, he is. I, I met most of the mayors in this town. Mayor Marco from North Bergen, Mayor Armelino from North, West New York. Uh, I went to school with uh, Louis D. Pascal's son in St. Peter's Prep. You know St. Peter's? Oh, sure, Jesuits. Jesuits, uh, yep. yeah. Yeah, Jesuits. Jersey City. Brandon Warren. Brandon Warren. Like you, you were a Jesuit once. Yeah, well, they booted me out to Brooklyn Prep in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. They uh, shined their boots on my backside in my senior year. I was a student government president. Could have had a partial scholarship to Brown University in Providence. But they said, hey, time for you to go. And I never looked back. Never looked back. (laughs) That was Jesuit also, right? Uh, Who was that? That was Jesuit also, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Hardcore Jesuits. Uh, They were great in the classroom, very open-minded, as long as you did your research, as long as you could back up what it is that you were saying or speaking about. But outside of the classroom, they were to the right of Ayatollah Khomeini. Unlike unlike the students at Regis, all the... Oh, Regis, they're the brainiacs. That's where Fauci came from. Even (laughs) though he was born and raised in Brooklyn... He went to the Upper East Side, Regis. You know how you know they're brainiacs? They don't have a football team. No football team, which immediately <laughs> no says... Basketball, no basketball either? No, no, basketball. no, he was a basketball player. I think they uh, were 0-20 and 20, 
they lost to Yeshiva High School on a regular basis, and they la- lost to Harvey Milk High School on a regular basis. That's how bad they were. <laughs> That's almost like Columbia University's football team. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh. They went like went four seasons without winning a game, I think. <laughs> yeah, Baker Field there. You go there, you have to be a glutton for punishment because they never win. <laughs> they never win. Well, anyway, I, I like I, the reason I want to talk. I live in Hoboken, right? But I go to I go to work on Tile City Avenue, Union City, around Seventeenth Street, Monastery Place. Sure, you know, sure, sure, sure. And uh, there used to be a sign there. It said uh, "Vaccinate." It's, it's still there. Vaccination. Sure. Is it one of those neon lit signs? No, no. It's a banner that crosses the street. Okay. It's, rather, it's probably by uh, High Point. You know High Point Avenue? Yes. Tile City Avenue. Yes. After the monastery, St. Michael's. And uh, it, used to, it always says vaccinate now. But during the election, they took that sign down and put vote early. <laughs> <laughs> so what was more important, to vote early voting with early voting or getting the vaccine? In <laughs> Especially in Hudson County. Oh, absolutely. Look, Mike, in Hudson County, it is the most crooked of Democratic counties in America. Worse worse than than Cook County, right? Uh, Worse than uh, Crook County or Queens County, where uh, the crook Joe Crowley used to be congressman, got knocked out by AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of American Justice Warriors. He was a crook. Uh, they're crooked in Queens County, so you look, and then Brooklyn County, Kings County, uh, which has produced Jumani Williams, the public advocate, Brad Lander, the controller of the city of New York, and Eric Adams, uh, the mayor elect, and they have total control, and they are the biggest crooks of all. Well, I'm not sure about that against Hudson County. (laughs) No, 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 no. They pale in comparison. Look, Bobby Menendez is so crooked. That Mike, when he dies of greed, they could have to screw him in the ground, right? Uh, well, what they do first is they pay their respects. You know, you go to the funeral parlor, you pay your respects. It's expected. Naturally, you say, "Oh, he looks so much better dead than he did alive." <laughs> they always say that when you go and pay respects at a wake. But then they will have a problems when it's time to take the casket to to the cemetery, closing the casket. So they'll need a Black and Decker power drill from a Home Depot to <laughs> screw them right into, into the ground. ground right? Absolutely. <laughs> I remember you saying that years ago. I listened to you for so so many years. I followed you, your career. Yeah, well, you see, Mike, a lot years. of people don't realize, even though I'm very New York City-centric, New York State-centric, I spent a lot of time from uh, uh, Camden County, another crooked county down in the southern part of the state, uh, up to Hudson County and every spot in between. So I know where all the political bones are buried and who buried them. Yeah. Where's Jimmy Hoffa? Well, exactly. Well, you know, uh, Eric Sean of the Fox News Channel continues to have specials where he swears that Jimmy Hoffa was buried right in the landfill, which is under the Pulaski Skyway there. It's still steaming from time to time from all the fires that are still burning, you know, because of the methane gas deep underneath the ground. Eric Sean of the Fox News Channel swears that Jimmy Hoffa is buried there. I think I'm going to have him on. What do you think about Hoboken? Hoboken, look, uh, they wouldn't even let me come last uh, Sunday. They had the christening. Well, they, had, they had a mayor election, but only one. he was the only one running. 
Yeah, but you see, they had the uh, christening of the Frank Sinatra statue uh, last yeah, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, one o'clock. Right. They told me. They told me, hey, Sliwa, don't bother coming here. You disparage Frank Sinatra. You talk about his <laughs> connections to Carlo Gambino, the Gambino crime family in Tarrytown when he went to the Westchester Playhouse. There, true. I will never forgive. I will never forget that. So they told me, do us a, do us a solid. We got a lot of Frank Sinatra fans here. <laughs> don't sully his reputation. And then tonight. Rudy Giuliani was telling me a story, great story. You know, he was the number one uh, crime buster of organized uh, uh, crime criminals of the Italian mob. And he says, you know, one time he's in the U.S. attorney's office and his mother said, you know, why are you always criticizing Frank Sinatra and his friends? So he said, Mom, because he's affiliated with organized crime. And his mother said, oh, I used to be, uh, you know, a, a groupie for Frank Sinatra when he was uh, performing at the theater in downtown Brooklyn off of Fulton Street. And you, as a good son, you should arrange a meeting between me and Frank Sinatra. And believe it or not, Rudy Giuliani, crime buster number one against La Cosa Nostra and the Mafia, organized for his mother to go see Frank Sinatra in concert. They had a private meeting afterwards. And Frank Sinatra said, you know, Rudy, you're not, you're not all that bad. You're not all that bad. His mother <laughs> sided with Frank Sinatra against her own son. Is it, is it true that when Frank Sinatra became well-known that he didn't want to admit that he came from Hoboken? No, I think he was always synonymous with Hoboken. Look, uh, Hoboken is quaint, only one square mile long. You got all those beautiful brownstones. You got all those hipsters and millennials now who have invaded your turf. Too many, too many now. Right, but you still have plenty of the old timers to bring the flavor. And what is that, Washington Avenue or Washington Street with all the gin mills? I live on Washington Street. Well, you know what's happening tomorrow, Saturday? SantiCon. Sandy Con. See, you are going to have all these young hipsters and millennials pissed oh, you, drunk. You, when, they, when they walked to bars? Yep. That's, uh, remember, yeah. that was locked I down. Thought, I thought they did away with that. They did. But guess what? They're coming back tomorrow. They were urinating and defecating and projectile vomiting in the streets of Manhattan last Saturday. And now they're coming to your one square mile paradise of Hoboken. And I guarantee you that some of them will desecrate the statue of Frank Sinatra, not on purpose, but because, you know, they're going to be projectile vomiting, fighting, wrestling on the ground, urinating, defecating. I don't know why we allow these hipsters and millennials to keep this Santicon tradition going. It's debaucherous, it's decadent, and it's evil. I mean, what I remember my, my two youngest sons, Carter and Hunter, we were walking around Manhattan, I forget how many years ago, and there were like four guys dressed up like Santa Claus, pissed strong, fighting, wrestling, slamming and jamming one another. How did I explain that to Carter and Hunter? And that I had to go in there and slam them to break it up. You see, Daddy, Daddy, you attack Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, I know. 1-800-848-9222. Are you ready for Santa Con coming back? To Hoboken tomorrow, they're going to take over your city one square mile. You, you better lock yourselves in. Lock all the women up. Don't let the women out because you're going to have these young guys with high levels of testosterone who are going to do rubbing bumps on everyone that they perceive to be a female. one 800 848 
WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Put up the tree before my spirit falls again. Fill up the stocking. We may be rushing things, but deck the halls again now. Christmas. Molly don't like Christmas music. Keep playing that. I like that song. Boy, this is the kind of song we would have heard at Radio City Music Hall from the Rockettes. Great show. Took uh, my two youngest sons there two separate times, Carter and Hunter. They loved it. Actually, it was quite good. I remember going uh, when I was a kid. My mother, Francesca, took me there. It was magnificent. You know when Jimmy Dolan is uh, not on his game, because I hate the guy. You know, I'm a Knicks fan. I actually uh, support Max Rose, uh, who hates the Knicks. Not not to uh, unseat Nicole Maliotakis. No, no, no. Uh, she's doing a good job as a congresswoman in Staten Island, Brooklyn. But he hates Jimmy Dolan. As a Nick fan, Andrew Yang hates Jimmy Dolan as a Nick fan. I had a sit down recently with Andrew Yang. I'll fill you in. A lot of things going on with Ang- Andrew Yang that I'll be getting involved with. But we have we could form a group, even though we differ politically. Max Rose differs with me. Andrew Yang differs with me on some subjects. I obviously differ from both of them. But all three of us loathe, despise, hate Jimmy Dolan. Owner of Madison Square Garden. Owner of the Knicks. What? What? a Man, they faked us out last year. Owner of the Knicks. Not this year. Owner of the Rangers. Owner of Radio City Music Hall. Remember, that's the other reason I hate Jimmy Dolan. Because when I was running here at WABC with about a week to go, less than a week to go in the campaign, I had bought an hour, primetime, 12 noon to uh, 1 o'clock, uh, preempting uh, Charlie Kirk. Uh, it's a lot of money. And I was telling the real story about Eric Adams, the Democratic candidate at that time, three days before the election, his affiliation with Louis Farrakhan. And I had to leave the uh, campaign van, run down 50th Street because traffic was stopped on 6th Avenue. And as I was venturing across the street against the light, two trucks avoided smashing me and turning me into a speed bump. Well, oh, the yellow cab clipped me. You probably saw that video. And I swear to you, as I rolled in the air about six feet, that was Bill de Blasio driving that yellow cab with Eric Adams in the back of that yellow cab. I sucked concrete. I got up. I continued to run. I did the hour program, but my arm just, like, blew up. Uh, it's had two fractures in the elbow. I have it out of the sling tonight. It's feeling relatively well. It was killing me earlier in the day. But uh, we're going to continue on, because we got a lot more to talk about till the 5 o'clock hour. And up next, I'm going to reminisce about what broke my heart, what I saw in Canarsie when I went to the neighborhood that I was birthed in earlier this week. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Listen, baby, you know it. Oh, when you're dancing, yeah, you show 
was stacked against me, both in the Republican primary against my opponent, Fernando Mateo, who had announced earlier he had raised uh, a lot of moolah shmoolah. I had uh, ugats, uh, bubkis, and I whipped them uh, 70 to 30, and then got into the general election, and uh, let's face it, they had already done the coronation of the Democratic primary winner, Eric Adams. Most people assumed he was already the mayor. But I gave it my best, and I don't want to hear from any of you telling me, I voted for you, I voted for you. Everybody tells me, I voted for you. It's in Middle Village earlier tonight at Villa Erasmus. Uh, Robert Holden, the city councilman there, holding it down, and his supporters, hey, I voted for everybody. everybody. If everybody voted for me, who says that they voted for me, I would be mayor of the city of New York now. Not back here at WABC. But now that I'm back at WABC, we got to buff up. The music, at least that I play, uh, my tastes are a lot different. And certainly Frank Morano, who handles the other side of midnight five mornings a week. Uh, and uh, he's eclectic. You know, he likes those old school jams. You know, Cantor, Jolson, you know, going way, way back. Rudy Valley, you know, that's his speed. Frank Morano is the youngest guy who acts the oldest of anyone I have ever known. But he does a great show. Great theater of the mind. Uh, but I got to pump up the volume because my favorite is electronic dance music. I know at 67, that's not normal. Uh, there are clubs that reopened after the lockdown and pandemic down in Williamsburg, other parts of the city, Astoria, all over the tri-state area, uh, EDM clubs, electronic dance music. And my feelings are on this morning, they're going to be locked down. They're not going to let them have the move to groove on the dance floor. They're not going to be able to be whirling dervishes. They're going to have to have rave parties under the Kosciuszko Bridge uh, <laughs> the Pulaski Bridge connecting Queens, Maspeth to Greenpoint. That's where they've had some really great rave parties, which if I had been mayor, I would have shut them down because obviously uh, there's noise abatement. It's an annoyance to the neighborhoods, but they really play some great EDM. Uh, I'm telling you, you know, it went from... Uh, Disco, and then all of a sudden I'm on the dance floor with the marshmallow shoes, the uh, the uh, bell-bottom pants, the polyester waffle weave flame retardant shirts. Uh, not good when you're dancing and schwitzing because cotton would absorb. 
polyester doesn't. It sort of whips out the schwitz. So if you're worried about spreading COVID-19 or the new uh, variant, Delta, or even the newer one from South Africa, I wish I could pronounce the Greek one, but it's Greek to me, so I call it the South African variant. It's like you're whipping that schwitz all over the dance floor. So I got I to gotta buff it up. And a lot of disco classics, uh, Phil is your name, right? Phil, you're, you're answering the phones tonight that I get you. All right, Phil. I gave you a series of uh, songs, easy R&B songs, easy disco songs. I didn't want to strain your brain with EDM. And all you ended up telling me is, no, 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 we don't have it in our library. Because you really, you can't just play the music. And I understand that. You have artists uh, who have developed uh, their talents uh, they put the music out there, and we are not uh, bootlegging their music. At least I won't do that. I remember Spike Lee, 40 uh, Acres in a Mule, <laughs> went after guys who were bootlegging his mo- movies on Fulton uh, Fulton Street, downtown Brooklyn, with a baseball bat. He was going to make their kneecaps sing and ring because, yeah, these people, that's how they get paid. It reminds me we got to really do a deep dig. Because we played that Cool in the Gang classic, down, Get Down on It. It was spun a different way. But the old Cool in the Gang. I love the old Cool in the Gang. Summer Madness, Winter Sadness. They were out of Jersey City, Papa Bell. Uh, they were adherents of the Nation of Islam at the time. Ah, I had problems with that. Uh, uh, they were followers uh, of, uh, uh, at that particular time, uh, Louis Farrakhan uh, and... Uh, uh, the leader of the pack, and the fruit of the looms, and all of that. But they had great music. Love, Summer Madness, Winter Sadness. We got to get some of that. Because I'm not into that groove if I don't have that 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 entry music. Frank, he's all prime. You play Rudy Valley, You play uh, Cantor, Al Jolson. He's like, he's on his game. Me, if I don't have any disco, if I don't have any EDM, classic hard rock at the Headbangers Ball, I feel like I'm impotent, incontinent, maybe unable to complete the task that's ahead of me. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And maybe we can get a perspective of some of you out there, especially this is the time that many people were breaking out of the clubs. And maybe for the last time, I have a feeling <laughs> that Hokum, that's your new name. That means nonsense. Kathy Hokum. Is going to be padlocking the clubs, the bars, the restaurants soon because of the fear, fright, hysteria, and hype of this new variant, the old variant, the Delta variant, and actually COVID in general. But I got to get this WABC a little more hip, a little more happening. Look, love Cousin Brucey later on tonight, 6 to 10. He plays the old classics when we were the number one top 40 station in the nation spinning stacks of wax. Then Tony Orlando without Dawn. Uh, I, I, he had an interview with Dawn last week. I was all for toots. I was excited. Uh, I had a, oh, a, a little tickle went up my, uh, my sacroliliac. I was like, oh, Dawn. Uh, so it's Tony Orlando from 10 to 12. And then I come back from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning. But I, I got to introduce some of those old classic disco songs. I mean, I get out on the dance floor at some of the clubs in the wee hours of the morning. The red light clubs. Remember, these are the illegal clubs. That's right. That's right. Pump it up. Pump it up the volume. I got to deal with this. This is not the best one. But, hey, you know, I'll make do with it with my marshmallow shoes. 
my bell-bottom pants, my polyester waffle-wee flame-retardant shirt as I'm whirling, churning, twisting, turning, and doing the Patty Duke, the bus stop, and most importantly, the hustle. That's right. The Patty Duke, the bus stop, and most importantly, the hustle. Anybody out there know those three dances? Come on. I'm reviving your memories. I know you get together on an ocean cruise, and they say it's a disco cruise, and there are people wearing Depends there who are up on the stage, and they're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're the Ohio players. Sure you are. Why, just because you live in Ohio? No, you're not. Or the average white man. And then they have all black guys as the average white man. You must be half in the bag on that ocean cruise when they have all these black guys on the stage dressed all in white. And you think that they're actually the remnants of the original average white pen, which I think was out of Kansas City. I'm not totally sure on that. Please assist me on that. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But earlier today, maybe for the last time, I'm not, I'm not feeling good about these lockdowns, these mask mandates, these vaccine mandates, and especially the brand new governor in New York, Kathy Hokum, which means nonsense. And actually, Governor Murphy, as many of our callers have mentioned, has been very quiet. But you know he still thinks you're all knuckleheads in the Garden State. But we were at the Carnegie Club to celebrate the birth of Frank Morano's uh, child, Carmine. Luckily, he didn't bring Carmine. They had all stogies there. They were smoking up a storm. Uh, in fact, I stink so bad that when I briefly stopped at home before I headed out to the Villa Erasmus on Juniper Boulevard in Middle Village for the uh, holiday Christmas celebration of uh, (laughs) one city councilman who has common sense out there, without a doubt, Bob Holden and his staff, I stunk like uh, Monte Crisco's. I stunk like Cohibas. I stunk like the Noblers. And my, my wife, Nancy, and the 17 cats in our 328-square-foot apartment in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, ground floor, was like, take all those clothes off, put them in a plastic bag, and throw them out. These are my colors. It's my red beret. It's my guardian angel jacket. I couldn't do that. So how can I get this nasty smoke smell out of my clothes. We're not talking about the smoke that like firefighters would have when they're fighting fires or uh, like sometimes people have in the winter when they're burning uh, logs, uh, you know, in their fireplace or out in barrels in order to keep warm. Uh, you know, when all of a sudden they're engaged in some kind of union activity against their employer. Please let me know what to do. I don't want to throw all these clothes away and I don't want to walk, walk home or take the subways while I'm buck naked. Because I'm going to have to ditch these clothes. She is not going to let me in the house, Nancy. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So as we're celebrating at the Carnegie Club, the birth of Carmine, who, by the way, was not at the Carnegie Club. He was not smoking stogies. I think Rachel, wife of Frank, would have been highly upset. Frank, though, did riff a little bit on the radio about all the hours that I do at WABC. Uh, as far as Curtis goes, I don't know what, uh, I mean, it sounds like he's on the radio quite a bit now. He's doing 3 to 5 on Sunday. He's on Saturday afternoon. He's doing uh, 10 p.m. to 1, or actually 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Sunday into Monday. And now I'm told he's doing Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday nights, overnights as well. I mean, that's a lot of Curtis. 
It's more yeah. than he was he's, on. He's got three regular shows. What are the three regular the, shows? We got the show on Saturday from two to four. Okay, that, he's right. got the left versus the right with Chris Hahn from right. three to five on Sundays, okay. and then the nine p.m. to one a.m. on Sunday night is the Curtis Lee. Okay, show. so the other shows are not regular shows. As of right now, he's on. Well, that's a lot. That's eight hours. That's eight hours. He's on on the weekend more than Dominic Carter's on the whole week. That's true. Wow, they're getting a little defensive here. Don't they remember when I was welcomed back by owner operator John Katsimatidis and his wife Margot, who saved WABC from falling into the abyss by purchasing us and keeping us alive? Uh, John welcomed me back, gave me a 30 year no cut contract. 30-year no-cut, so that means I'm 67. Uh, hypothetically, I could work here till I'm 97 because we know John wants to keep uh, talk radio alive, and he's doing a great job in doing it, not just here, but in 38 states, parts of Canada, at this time in the wee hours of the morning, and yes, into the Bermuda Triangle, there's many a sailor. The last thing they said on their way down to Davy Jones's lockers, hey, I heard Frank Morano on the other side of midnight say the following. Those were the last recorded messages before they checked out in Davy Jones's locker. That's how powerful this signal is. So if John Katsimatidis, who gave me the opportunity to run for mayor, is going to ask me to fill in the holes like in a uh, piece of Swiss cheese, you know I'm going to do it. Because what does WABC stand for, the acronym? Always Broadcasting Curtis. But just think, all the talk radio you have now, think a while back when Cumulus owned us. Ah, the multinational company, which could never even remember all the radio stations they owned across the country, and they wanted to get rid of us. They got rid of WPLJ, no longer. Gone. That iconic station, gone. Next up on the chopping block was going to be WABC, where if I were to survive and talk radio, I probably would have had to learn Cantonese, Mandarin, Yiddish, uh, you know, Urdu, because some international firm would have purchased this stick in Lodi, New Jersey, if nothing more to go to the strip parlor next door, bada bing, which I know that our engineers go to. That's why they're always telling the bosses, oh, we got problems at the tower in Lodi. And you go in the pillbox there, because it is a pillbox. They're not around, and you know right away where's their car or the truck parked, right by bada bing. As they're getting lap dances. That's right. Lap dances at Bada Bing. And they say, oh, we worked so hard. We had to do adjustments on the tower there in order to meet the FCC specifications. Because, you know, whenever there's an emergency, that's why you hear us testing the apparatus. We are the go-to station in this part of the nation. I get that. But how do you justify knocking them back there at Bada Bing and getting lap dances while you're on the WABC Red Apple Media Time Card. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Jeannie in Queens who might be able to help me out of this jam. My clothes stink of cigar smoke from John Katsimatidis, Frank Morano, and Rudy Giuliani who is smoking tonight the big stogies at the Carnegie Club. What do I do, Jeannie? Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Sorry. Just hello. You caught yourself. Um, you yeah, caught I yourself. Did. That's good. Okay. Okay. Um, 
There's another one. I also want to ask about the voting with Hokum, but this first thing I'll tell you. There's something called an ozone-making machine. You can rent them from Needs, N-E-E-D-S, or some other type of environmental place. You turn it on with a timer, but you can't leave it near the cats or any living thing. So you have to find a, like a separate room or something to do it in. And hang the clothes near there and let it run for a, a couple of hours. And then it'll turn itself off, uh, and you come back in after it's turned off. And then you open the window and let some air come in. And that should take away the bad smell. Now, Jeannie, as you know, yes. there is a depletion of our ozone layer near the Antarctic and Arctic. If yes. I were to run that machine all the time, not just to de-smell my clothing from the cigar stink, but to help in replacing the ozone that is depleted from the ozone layer, would that work? I don't think so. I don't think it has enough power for that. But I think it will work for... Like, I used it once in my house when we had a lot of mold and other bad smells, and it worked very well. So I hope that that would help you. And then maybe you can tell me what to do about this voting that by mail that she's going to drive us yeah, yeah. with well, now. Before we delve into that, I'll give you the latest uh, how uh, Kathy Hokum, which means mm-hmm. nonsense, right. is trying to use as an excuse her mass mandates, her vaccine mandates. Yes as uh, an executive order reason to say that people should be voting by paper, we've we've gone this route before, Mm -hmm. rather than coming to a polling location or even Mm -hmm. engaged in early voting, going to the polling location. Haven't we seen this story before? Yes, we have. How can we stop this? Well, I'm on her case. I'm the first one to talk about this. But, Jeannie, before we get back to the politics of Democrats trying to uh, be in office in perpetuity through the power of the absentee and paper ballots. uh, Now, you know I have 17 rescue cats. I know. And there's a lot of litter. We change three times a day. Yes. And sometimes if we don't change it fast enough, Mm -hmm. there's a little stink in the air. Mm -hmm. Was this ozone-making machine that you are suggesting that I get yes. aid and abet me in getting uh, rid of some of that kitty stink, which sometimes permeates the atmosphere? Yes, I believe it would, but you can't let the cats be near the machine when it's on. I don't know if you can get them out of the place while you have it turned on. That's a tough one because I have cats also, and I can never get them to go in a place where I can lock the door on them. Where, enough. where, where, where am I going to herd them? Well, I'm going to be like a shepherd out there with 17 cats, you know, and I'm saying, okay, let's wait in Central Park for like five hours for this ozone machine um, to get rid of the stink. Do you have any place in your apartment that could be made like a a separate space, like a room with a door or something that can be closed and sealed off, you know, quietly? It's only 328 square feet. Uh It is tiny with one book house, one bathroom. Where, by the way, uh, I got to kill this landlord. When all of a sudden Mother Nature calls for either Nancy or myself, mm-hmm. and we have to respond to the demands of our body to eliminate, right? It won't flush. We got to fill up a bucket and pour and it into it the back house, the porcelain palace. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, you got to get your landlord to do his job and do the plumbing right. But I, I sympathize with you on Jeannie, that, but it, I don't know it, what it, to tell you about keeping the cats safe. You're, you're not helping unless me you take all the take all the trays out and put them in a oh special my, oh place. Oh my to God! Put put mm-hmm. all the litter you out. A, of how about an air filter? Do you have an air filter? You know, one of those you turn on. You can buy them also if you don't have one. I have to get the permission of my wife Nancy, who says, "Will it be good for the cats if it's not yeah, good the for the cats?" Okay, for the cats. 
You the sure? It's fine. And how oh, many yeah, how many cats issue. do you have, Jeannie? Two. It's not oh. exactly seventeen, but I have two. Oh, that's that's good. So you got to be listening. Sunday night, twelve yes. midnight to one in the morning. We do our animal welfare. Animal Issue Show with my wife, Nancy, who is the expert, before we pass over the microphone to Frank Morano. Well, I did try um, last week, but I couldn't get on uh, in time before she left the show. I got to tell you. I wanted to ask about Happy the Elephant, and I sent you an email. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jeannie, uh, we will take that up on Sunday, I promise you, but that has turned into the most popular hour at WABC. From the moment I come on at 12 noon... There's a full board of calls, everybody wanting to talk about animal issues or getting advice from my wife, Nancy. Maybe I should just leave at 12 midnight, have Nancy handle the hour before we turn it over to the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. It's like, I'm a, per- it's like I'm a person of no consequence in that hour. No, you have consequence always. But maybe you can start earlier, like, um, like from 11 to oh. 1 or something. It's not so, enough time so, to so, get all those questions in. So give her two hours instead of one hour. That's not helping the situation. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, we got to talk about this. We're going to get to all of your calls momentarily. But Rudy said something earlier this week that rocked my world about his favorite location to drive through in looking at houses and trees that are lit up for Christmas. And it was not anywhere near the five boroughs. Most cities and seeing their Christmas decorations. I love Christmas. I love to look at Christmas decorations. I love to drive through the suburbs and see all the houses that are decorated and who has the best decorated house. I've seen some that are really... Gosh, I saw one in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Takes the guy a month and a half to do it. And it's a fortune of an electric bill. I think he pays more for the month of December into January than he does for the whole year for his electric bill. But it's, I mean, it's like uh, you could put on a play there. He's got so much, so much, um, so much stuff. It's fabulous. Has Rudy lost his mind? He goes uh, all the way through New Jersey to Phillipsburg, crosses the river over the bridge into Easton, where I have Guardian Angels, the home of Larry Holmes, who just uh, met up with uh, uh, Jerry Looney uh, Cooney uh, for a get-together at Russo's on the Bay in Howard Beach, uh, sort of uh, to reminisce about the fight they had in Vegas. The great white dope, I mean, uh, the great white hope against uh, Larry Holmes. Mr. Easton, Pennsylvania. And then you go further into the Lehigh Valley, and then you have Allentown. So Rudy loves Allentown, claims that they have the best lit and Christmas decorated houses. I can't believe that. Well, when you go to the casino to lose all your money in Bethlehem at the old U.S. steel plant, uh, he didn't mention Bethlehem. He didn't mention Easton. He mentioned only Allentown. Is this true, ladies and gentlemen? 1-800-848-9222. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here, Pete. Hey Curtis, great music selection. You're bringing me back in time, and I love that music. And about with the clothes, a suggestion from when I was with the FDMY. Uh, this is what you do: you spray the clothes with Febreze, then you wash them with Clorox uh, Color Safe uh, powdered detergent. 
and then you re you uh, rewash them again. You got to do two at least washes, and believe me, you won't smell anything because some of my clothes, the smoke was hideous, terrible. Pete, so that's my suggestion. Pete, Pete, you, 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 Pete, you think I'm a Maytag? You think I'm going to take my stinky clothes? With the cigar smoke from John Katsimatidis, Rudy Giuliani tonight, and Frank Lorano celebrating the birth of his new son, Carmine, at the Carnegie Club. Do you think I'm going to wash them twice with the smell that I hate Febreze? Isn't that the stuff that you plug in uh, on the side? I hate that smell, right? The plug-in Febreze. I'd rather choke myself to death. Then throw them out and buy new clothes. That's all. That's what you got to do. This is, this, is, this is guardian angel designer clothes. This is my styling profiling beret. This is my jacket. This is not just ordinary goodwill clothes, Pete. No, you got to keep them then. I didn't realize. I know they're classic clothes. And, uh, you know, maybe one of those uh, $1,199 uh, uh, Giuliani uh, shirts are beautiful, but I can't afford one right now. So, wait a second. So you want me to stink up my clothes with Febreze? No, that'll get the smell out. You know, God, it will replace one bad smell with another bad smell. I hate no, Febreze. Oh, you know what you could do? You could do with uh, baking powder and then wash them. You gotta wash them at least twice. No, 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 hold on get... a second. Is this Arm and right. Hammer baking powder? Arm and Hammer breaking power. It's okay. harmless. Do you, do you remember that Arm and Hammer was like best friends of Joe Stalin as an American industrialist who worked against the interests of America versus the Soviet Union? You want me to buy that product? Nah, let's see. Get the Pathmark brand. That's the best the one. The Pathmark. Pathmark. Hey, schmuck, putz. No Pathmark isn't it's open anymore. No, it's gone. It's gone. It's old school. So you got to go to Wallbounce. Now, Wallbounce has gone to Wallbounce has gone. Bohack. Why don't you tell me to go to Bohack? Oh, Bohack. Yes, yes, Bohack. Well, you got to go to Super Fresh now or one of the other ones. Or Metf- you know what? I got the best one. Go to Gristini's. That's uh, the best. Uh, yeah. the best. No, no, I used to work supermarkets. Uh, Great Atlantic Pacific Tea Company, AMP, right there at Forster Avenue, Rockaway Parkway. Huge store across from the 69th Precinct. I used to be the key man at night. So I was responsible for about 12 different men, one woman, uh, all of them my father's age, all of them hardcore union members who were looking at me. I was all of 21, and they're saying, we're going to listen to you. No, punk. You're going to listen to us. I say, you got to pack out more than just four, four cases an hour. Say, that's our quota. We pack out four, and we sit until the next hour. I said, not when I'm the key man. So you know what happened, Pete? What happened? I'm in the back of the warehouse. They call out the paper aisle. They say, hey, we need more Scott Tissue paper, which comes in this huge box. But it's ungainly because it's rolls of Scott Tissue paper, 5,000 sheets long. So I'm up on the scaffold, way high in the sky in the back of that uh, old AMP. And I fell from the scaffold about 40 feet. And I crashed. And my whole arm, that was it, shattered. So I'm screaming. I'm saying, yo, help, help. The guys are in the aisles packing out, and they all had radios, and they all turned up the radios because they were sending a message to me. 
Tough noogies. You're on your own, pal. If not for this Romanian guy who was taking care of the vegetable aisle, he was in the back warehouse there, you know, cleaning the romaine lettuce, you know, gold-bricking, slacking, being a deadbeat. Nobody would have heard me. I would have been sucking concrete on that floor at that Great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company, huge store on Forster, across from the 69th Precinct on Rockaway Parkway. And then, Pete, they finally send the meat wagon from Brookdale. Now, remember, this is like 1974. You know, it's like Body Bag City in Brownsville in East New York. They're bringing people in. They got knives sticking out of their heads, bullets that perforated their, themselves. And I got this arm that looks like a watermelon. It's all swollen up. So I say, hey, you realize, uh, you realize you're going to have to wait a while. Uh, eight hours later, uh, I'm still sitting there. And then a guy named Khan, a Pakistani, who had been up like 72 hours. He must have been using, I don't know, meth to stay awake, because that's what they used to do when they were pre-med. <laughs> 72 straight hours. So he gives me painkiller. I go to sleep. And then the next thing I know, I got this wet substance, plaster of Paris for the cast on my left arm, which was perfectly normal. And my right arm looks like a tree trunk. And I wake up and I say, Dr. Khan, look. You put the plaster carous, uh, uh, cast on my good arm, not my bad arm. And he goes, oh, I haven't had sleep in three days. That was Brookdale <laughs> Hospital, 1974. Oh, I believe that. So That's now, funny. wait, it gets it better. It gets better. All the union guys, because I was the union guy too, but I was the key man, which is like being a sergeant. You know, you're not you're not really management, but you're not really union. They're dancing the horror to Tarantella. Oh, this guy's going to be milking, uh, you know, unemployment, disability for like he could he could be out for two years. Three days later, I'm in the basement of the house I was living in with my mother and father in Canarsie. I got a hacksaw, and I cut the cast off. Came back. And said, guess who's back? I said, you can't work. You, you got to go out on disability. You, you, you can't work here. So they're complaining to management there. And actually, management was loving it. Fights between the key man and the members. And I got to tell you, I was a tyrant thereafter, Pete. A tyrant. Wow. So now you know the rest. With me, I was flash cornea, and I was working my way into local one IATSE, and I worked with a flash cornea with an eye patch. They were calling me Captain Ahab back then. (laughs) So I know what it is to keep a job. That's the morals that our parents instilled in us. And you know, know, some of the best listeners of talk radio are the pack out crews at night in supermarkets. Who, when they're packing they're out, they're right now to your radio. I mean, because when I walk into the stores in Staten Island at night, because I like to do my shopping at night when nobody's there, they all got tuned in to WABC. That's right. That's right. Although back right then, back then I was yep. tuned in to the old WMCA, which was the top talk station in the tri-state area, because WABC was still spinning stacks of wax. And I remember listening late at night to Long John Neville and Candy Jones. It was theater of the mind. Harry Harrison. Oh wait, wait! The mayor of uh, the mayor of the morning, 
Now, yeah. Pete, let me ask you this. Harry Harrison, he's here at WABC spinning stacks of wax. Nobody elected him mayor of the morning. He keeps calling himself mayor of the morning. You say it enough times, people believe it. If I were to say, hey, I'm mayor of WABC, there'd be all kinds of letters, emails. There'd be protests outside. How come Harry Harrison could get away with it? Living in New Jersey, originally from Chicago, and me, a son of the soil here in New York City, Curtis Lee, could never get away with that, Pete. Oh, I think you're the mayor of New York. You're the real mayor. The only thing is they fake, they frauded this thing with the election because they had Adams that he was the winner from day one, and it was all Well, the only lost. fraud that was committed was not to vote tally. That was legitimate. I lost. But the, the guy who was running for mayor did not live in New York. He was living in Fort Lee. That's against the rules and regulations. But none of you cared. None of you cared. And you all come up to me and say, oh, I voted for you, Curtis. Yeah, I'm going to keep an abacus with me. I'm going to keep counting all of those people who have said they voted for me. Impossible. If all the people who said they voted for me had actually voted for me, I would be the mayor-elect. I would be sworn in on January 1st. Stop it. And those of you who are Democrats from outside of the city, you could have voted for me two, three, four, five times, and your votes would have been counted for me on the Republican line and the independent line. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. You know, I don't think uh, HR, human relations, will allow you to ever put mistletoe up again in a work uh, workplace. You imagine if some guy ends up uh, coming up to a uh, young lady and tries to lip lock her under the mistletoe, as we used to see in old movies, black and white movies. Forget it. That would be uh, ixnay. Does anybody even put up mistletoe any longer? <laughs> I wonder if there are any purists out there who believe that the Christmas traditions of decorating, putting the tree up, all the trim, trimming, the bulbs, the lights, everything, includes putting up mistletoe. And do you obviously follow the tradition of the mistletoe where you end up smacking lips with somebody that you catch under the mistletoe? I haven't seen that in a long, long time. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But the other day I was listening to Greg Machine Gun Kelly. I listen as often as I can. If I can't listen to the live uh, performance from one fifteen to 3, Monday through Fridays, so I listen to it on the podcast. And he was riffing about how he had lost, I believe, his phone. And uh, what to do when you've lost something that's so important to you. may not be important to other people, but it's important to you. A real New Yorker out there has my wallet. Oh, I lost my wallet. Boy, that was quick. <laughs> that was truncated. That was certainly edited. Uh, what did he drop? A few F-bombs along the way there? But then he got some friendly advice 
from one of his uh, many callers about uh, basically saying a prayer to St. Anthony's. There was a reason for it, for what happened, that the loss of your wallet. But the little prayer goes like this. It's called, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, please come down. Something's been lost and must be found. Say that, Greg, when you have time and it's quiet time. Is that, in fact, true? I always thought it was St. Jude, saint of lost causes, which uh, a lot of people said when I was running for mayor of the city of New York as a Republican, hey, you ought to be praying to St. Jude. Uh, He's the patron saint of lost causes. If you're a true believer, if you're an R.C., Many of you think that represents the acronym real Christians instead of Roman Catholic. And you lose something of value or something that may be only important to you and you alone. Do you actually reach out to a St. Anthony or St. Jude or how about St. Rocco? First off, I never heard of St. Rocco. Tonight, Rudy Giuliani, while smoking his cohibas there at the Carnegie Club and celebrating uh, Frank Morano's son's birth, along with John Katsimatidis and other stogie smokers, was talking about how there was a St. Rocco. And I always thought St. Rocco was a cheech, a zip, a Sicilian saint. I never I never got taught about St. Rocco in the Baltimore Catechism, growing up being taught by nuns. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Thomas, who's holding on the line in Monmouth County in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Hey, good morning, Curtis. Nice to talk to you. First-time caller. Um, we need to have the re-education of uh, Thomas. You, you, you used half a phrase that will require a little self um Self-discipline, okay, Thomas. Okay, Curtis, what, what I you, lied a little bit. All right. The reason I called in is because you forgot the name of the uh, the new variant that's out there. It's called Omicron. It's a Greek word. It's the letter O in the Greek alphabet. And so, so why can't Om- I just call it the South African variant? I actually like your selection better. Yes. That's a lot more, a much nicer, more neutral way to say it. Correct. Yeah, because Correct. most people can't pronounce the Greek name. Uh, I have guardian angels in Cape Town. I have guardian angels in 13 countries, well, well, 130 well, well, cities. Hold up, Curtis, time out. Omicron is one of the easiest letters in the Greek alphabet to pronounce. Right next to Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Zeta, Yota, Kappa, Lambda, Mini, Cipido, Sigma, Tap, Omicron, Omega. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? The Greek alphabet. Curtis, wait a second. I'm Greek. Which alphabet I'm Greek, came first? The Greek alphabet or the alphabet or, that we use now? That's an excellent question. Did you know, Curtis, that many English words come from the Greek language? I couldn't believe it myself. Because I'm sort of an enigma the way I was raised in my family. I was born in St. Vincent's Hospital on November 1st, 1968. And then my parents took me and my sister to Greece for like two, three years because my mom wasn't doing well in the big city. Mm. She was like 19 and falling apart. My dad had a little deli on the west side. And then uh, he took us there. So we went to kindergarten and first grade in Greece. So I'm growing up here in the States after that because, you know, after that, that was it. I was an American citizen, you know. So how many years were you and your sister in Greece? 
two, uh, three, three, three years. So you learned Greek in the Greek school there, right? I, yes. Yeah, no, actually, that's a that's a farce. That's a lie. I picked up Greek slang from my parents because they're born there. Remember, they were they immigrated here. My dad came in fifty fifty five. Then he married my mother. Uh, Ten years later, brought her to the city. She didn't do well. They brought us back to Greece for those three years. He came back alone, ran the business in New York, and then bought a bought a house on Sixth Avenue, Nasbury Park, New Jersey. And the rest is history, my man. Tommy, let me ask you a question, though. When you said you picked up some slang words in Greek, was that while your while your father was playing the Greek card games and gambling in the back of diners? He didn't do that, Curtis. My dad was. Um, my dad was not that kind of guy. But you do know a lot of Greeks do that. Yes, I heard later in years. You're absolutely correct. That's not. Yeah. So where did you? Where did you? Where did you pick up this slang? From him. From my dad. My dad's family was like dirt poor in the village. My mother's family was a little better off. They were well. I don't know. It was like it's like the Anthony and the Capulets. That story. You know what I mean? It's like. His, to me, anyway, that's how I was discerning it. What uh, uh, town did you uh, live in in Greece? It's a, it's a, it's in the northern Aegean called Thassos. Kavala is the mainland port, so most of the mainland Greeks would look down their nose at me because all the special Greeks come from the Peloponnesos, <laughs> which is you know the main body. So this uh, is very similar to Italy, and as you know. Uh, the borders of Greece and Italy went back and forth over the centuries. But if you are below Rome and down near the boot, you are considered an inferior as a southern Italian to northern Italians. So is that true of what you were saying about Greece? Yes, absolutely. You're very perceptive, Curtis. I felt it as a young man. In fact, they, they put a name on it. It's called Sicily. And, and then when you look into the history of Sicily, that was a land run by Moors way back in the day, right? The Moors conquered. There was a lot of genuine Greeks there, as well as genuine Sicilians and Moors. That's why we refer to Sicilianos as chiches and zips. Is that what chichi means? You always say that. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Well, I tell you what. Uh, there may be Italians out there, especially from Sicily, Messina or other parts, uh, Palermo, who take umbrage uh, to that. But I've always been taught by my grandfather, Fidela Bianchino, my grandmother, Nicoletta Bianchino, who are from Andria, the little town along the Adriatic coast in Bari, opposite Albania, where once a week the Albanians would come over on the ferry to trade with the Bares, and all of a sudden the sirens would go off, and people would say, the Albanians are coming, the Albanians are coming, hide the chickens, hide the women, and make sure they're back on the ferry by nightfall, but many of them never got back on the ferry. And when you go to Bari now, there's so many Albanians who have intermarried with the Bares. Yes. Is that in northern Greece, Curtis, do you know? Because that's what I heard when I was young, that the domestic Greek population was very not happy about having the northern part of their country, you know, inhabited. These people came in, adopted the language for themselves, started businesses and a lot of parts. And I don't know if this is true. This is all knowledge that came to me as a young man. I'm going to tell you, Thomas, uh, I will have a sit down with our owner operator, John Katsimatidis, 
Uh, he's involved with everything uh, having to do with Greek festivities, Greek history, Greek uh, Orthodox religious practices and ceremonies that exist in the tri-state area and beyond. If John Katsimatidis doesn't know. And that's the other thing. Why do Greeks have such long-last names? It's Katsimatidis. It took me like two, three years to pronounce it correctly. Then there's Nicole Maliotakis. That's another long name, Greek name, at the end of Nicole. Why is it that so many Greeks, please explain this to me, their last names are long. It's like my name, Schliever, right? It means plum in Polish. Uh, it's like Schliebervitz, the wine, or actually the schnapps. It'll knock you uh, off your feet. You knock one back. And in Chaldean which is the uh, Roman Catholics who live in Iraq, uh, they follow the archbishop whose name is Shliva, S-L-I-W-A, and Shliva means crucifix. So if you go into my Wikipedia, people keep changing it to suggest that I'm not Polish, but I'm a Syrian, Chaldean, which is Roman Catholics who live in Iraq, who were driven out after Saddam Hussein was toppled by our government foolishly, so that the Shiites could take over, and they hated, they loathed, they despised the Chaldeans. By the way, we have all the party stores in Detroit. It's probably the roughest business to have anywhere in America, and they oftentimes are strapped with AK-47s when they close the store late at night because it's a cash-and-carry business, if you know what I mean. one 800 Why do Greeks have such uh, long-last names. How did that all come about? 1-800-848-WABC. How come they were not truncated like other ethnic names from all over the globe? That's 1-800-848-WABC. Entertaining and informative talk for New York. Streaming now on your smart speakers. Play 77 WABC. Empire Outlets, it's New York City's only outlet shopping destination. With a giving tree near Nordstrom Rack, November 7th through December 21st, come grab an angel, help a family in need for the holidays. Steps from the Staten Island Ferry and New York City Fast Ferry, it's between Richmond County Ballpark and the St. George Station. Go to empireoutlets.nyc. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's talk about America. Not taxes or tweets or the issues that divide us, but how incredible our country is. Whether you come home to a crowded city street or sleepy small town, everyone deserves to live in a clean, green, and thriving community. We are Keep America Beautiful, the nonprofit working with millions of people like you to end littering, improve recycling, and beautify communities. Learn more at kab.org. Together, we can do beautiful things. It's the 77 WABC online store. Rudy Giuliani here. Head over to WABCRadioStore.com for a commemorative 9-11 20-year T-shirt, personally autographed and numbered by me. There's a limited amount of these one-of-a-kind T-shirts, so you need to act fast. Go to WABCRadioStore.com right now and get your commemorative 9-11 20-year T-shirt, autographed and numbered by me. Go to WABCRadioStore.com now. 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. A story surfaced that the schools out in L.A. are actually vaccinating kids, you ready for this, without their parents' consent. Let me tell you something. If any one of the two schools that, quote-unquote, teaches, my daughter Ava, or my son Gabriel did something like that, I am telling you, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. No one is sticking a needle in my kid's arm without my consent. Nobody. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. So I digress. You can pump it up there, Bruce. Ready to sing your song? I'll say we are. Yeah, let's sing it now. Okay, Simon. Okay. Okay, Theodore. Okay. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin! Okay. Used to listen to this uh, in the rack. My small room in Canarsie. My sister Alita would get up before all of us. She had to get to school early. She put on the uh, AM radio, WABC, number one uh, top 40 station in the nation. And Harry Harrison would be playing this song. And this was like a very popular song. After a while, I started collecting nuts in a tree like squirrels do because I ended up really hating chipmunks with a passion. I would hear this song. It would bring back uh, nightmares. You know, you heard Greg Kelly talking about how he would have dreams of being in a, uh, what was that, a golf cart with, uh, with, with the weatherman and Kermit the Frog dreaming at night. What kind of acid was this guy dropping? Or with uh, President Ronald Reagan at the time driving through a field of Fig Newtons. Can we play that cut again? Uh, um, and nobody has yet tried to analyze the dream sequence of Greg Kelly, who described on one of his afternoon shows that you can listen to every Monday through Friday from one uh, fifteen to 3. It's great. It's uh, a stream of consciousness, Greg Kelly style, or get him on the podcast, in which he talks about what he has actually dreamed about. There was a reason for it, for what happened, that the loss of your wallet. But the little prayer goes like this. It's called, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, please come down. Something's been lost and must be found. Say that, Greg, when you have time and it's quiet time. Now that was finding his lost wallet. Here is Greg Kelly talking about his dream sequence that sounds whack to me. So you know when you're dreaming... Think of any dream you've had. Are your dreams like mine where they kind of don't make sense? There are random kind of characters and issues and things that don't make sense in the conscious world, but somehow they make sense in your dream. Like one dream I know I've had, I'm, uh, I'm playing basketball, one-on-one basketball with Ronald Reagan, and we are walking in a field of Fig Newtons, Fig Newton cookies, and he's on my case about why I broke the TV and he can't watch uh, Sesame Street. Stuff like that just makes no sense whatsoever. 
uh, if I think about those things that make no sense, because there's that moment between consciousness and sleep where you're almost aware of your dream and you can kind of nothing actually makes sense. So if you start thinking things that don't make sense, another one I like is um, I'm driving in a moon buggy with uh, the weatherman on TV and, uh, you know, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and, and, and you're driving through, say, uh, the desert and all of a sudden there's a McDonald's um, uh, grocery store. Notice I said grocery store, not, not, not a fast food place. It's got to be weird and different and unusual and doesn't make sense. If you start consciously thinking those kinds of things, your mind drifts off more easily, more readily to the stuff in your dreams that also does not make sense. Know what I mean? I hope so. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Uh, but I gotta do something to fall asleep earlier. It's either that or NyQuil. I'm doing something. Uh, I'm gonna try tonight. I wanna be in bed with the lights out at 10 o'clock. NyQuil. That's a slow fizz. That's what they drank down in Houston at the clubs. But it's interesting how he has a stream of consciousness about these dreams. God, can you imagine a shrink doing a Rorschach test with, uh, Greg Machine Gun Kelly? See, that's what makes a great talk show host is that they actually share with you things that obviously might put them in a, a, in light of being mushug, ubats, titched. Because the better talk show hosts are talk show hosts who have established their reputation, men and women, are always thought to be half crazy or all crazy. I mean, look at me for an example, right? How many people say, you're you're crazy, you're out of your mind? I am. Except the difference is, I admit it, I got to get Greg Kelly to come over to the dark side, my side, where he can actually recognize that as a great talk show host that he's becoming here at WABC, there is the crazy part that emerges. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Listen, baby. You know it. Take a 
This is really what the night scene's been about for quite some time. Our mayor-elect, uh, Eric Adams, says he wants uh, New York City open 24-7. I agree with him. difference is, he says he likes to sample the nightlife. I would suggest, as the mayor of the city of New York, you do not want to be in clubs after the witching hour at 12 midnight. Nothing good happens. Look at what happened in Queens. The lieutenant from the 71st Precinct in Crown Heights went to the uh, the club, uh, mostly Dominican, not all Dominican, but lots of Trinitarios, gangbangers hanging around, had ski masks on, and they're eyeballing, eye-fornicating, mad-dogging the customers. This lieutenant, they claim, was uh, uh, fully festooned with all kinds of jewelry. I don't necessarily buy all of that. <laughs> I think something more was going on, but I'll accept it for what it was. The lieutenant was seriously injured. He got into a firefight. 17 shots were fired. Uh, These three thugs uh, were attempting to rob him. There may have been more. One was shot and killed. The other seriously wounded. One apparently made a getaway. I think they made an arrest a few hours ago. But the brand-new police commissioner... The young woman that Eric Adams appointed, who was in charge of the detectives in Nassau County, did the right thing. She said, oh, you know, we got to pray for the lieutenant to recover from his wounds. Thank God he's alive. And then she said, we got to pray for the suspect who's dead and his family. It's like, hold on. (laughs) I don't know about you. (laughs) If, in fact, this is true, and I have no Uh, evidence to suggest it isn't. I just, my street sense, my street smart says, I just, it's hard for me to say that they were just trying to clock him and rob him for his jewels. Now, this has happened to NBA stars before, especially in the uh, meat district. Uh, Telfer, who uh, was stripped of about $10,000 worth of jewelry after going to a club. It's happened before at gunpoint. I understand I've been in those kind of situations where they draw guns and you don't have a gun. You better turn it over or you're going to be looking like uh, Swiss cheese. But the brand new police commissioner who uh, I would not have selected her. In fact, they would not have selected any of Eric Adams' candidates. Uh, we'll hold that uh, maybe for tomorrow night's show. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because I want her to be a success. I want Eric Adams to be a success. Anybody can do a better job than Comrade Bill de Blasio, who allowed for anarchy in our streets. But right out of the box, she said all the right things at the Queensbridge Projects, where she was born and raised. But then commenting that she prayed 
for the thug who was shot and killed by the lieutenant who was being robbed at gunpoint. If, in fact, that is the complete story. Again, um, somewhat suspect. And I know that there are some of you coppers that are listening. You're in your overnight tour. The white shirts are not around. They don't have white shirt immunity now. Come on, you guys and gals out there. You know what was going on, especially in Woodside, Queens, that area. Feel free to call in. Let me know what transpired and also whether you thought it was appropriate for the brand new police commissioner for Eric Adams uh, not only to come to support the lieutenant who's recovering from his wounds, absolutely, but to suggest that her prayers go out for the thug who was killed by the cops, uh, the cop, the lieutenant, uh, and to that thug's family. No way. I'm praying for that person. I hope if, in fact, these facts are true, he's gone straight to hell with an ounce in asbestos suit. Did you see the clip that he had in that pistol? What, is it like a 60-shot clip that the police recovered after he was shot and killed by the lieutenant? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But uh, I want to nominate our colleague here, Dominic Carter, for the Pulitzer Prize of Talk Radio. I don't, I'm just making this up. I have no idea if there's a Marconi Award for this. But he has brought to our attention a story that I can identify with. I, I, I identify probably with more of these law and order, these street crime stories involving gangs and thugs uh, and innocent victims. And maybe anybody else here at WABC. But Dominic is always spot on. He was magnificent yesterday. As he expressed from his inner sanctums, his gut, his emotions, when he saw that video that went viral on the B6 bus that was going through East Flatbush, the other side of Canarsie on Linden Boulevard, not too far from Canarsie where I grew up. I spent a lot of time in East uh, Flatbush. That's where Gerald Nadler, the whale, came from. Uh, He grew up there in a socialist family. A lot of Jewish families were socialists at the time. In fact, their kids went to Tilden High School. It was about 80% white and Jewish, 20% African-American. And they elected Al Slim Shady Sharpton, the student government president in Tilden, to be able to show that they were not racist. Uh, Come another day, I'll tell you a story about that, how (laughs) that didn't work out too well. For, for the Jewish parents and the Jewish kids who got bamboozled by student Al Slim Shady Sharpton that they elected student government president. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But if you haven't seen the video, I'll give you a little theater of the mind. Right about the time school lets out, this is when these barbarian kids get on the subways and the buses. Uh, I know so many merchants and vendors who basically from 3 to 4, 4.30, they shut their doors. The kids are like locusts through a cornfield. There are not enough cops. Cops are not doing enforcement. There are not enough uh, cops uh, assigned to the, uh, the schools, the uh, uh, security officers assigned to the schools who are under the uh, administration of the NYPD, the supervision. And they roam wild. So they're on this bus, and they're having beef with a 67-year-old security officer. 67 years old. Uh, as you hear Dominic Carter describe it, he can identify with him. I sure can, because that's my age. But I want to listen. you got to listen to the heartfelt emotion of Dominic Carter. This is what makes talk radio so different than videos that you watch on TV or the evening news in which it's a sterile atmosphere. 
as I was in one of the um, side studios and I was crying. A grown man, almost 58 years old, and I was crying. I was trying to hide it, but it didn't work. And the program director, Matt, came into the room and he gave me some Kleenex. Now, just so that you understand the backstory, all my life, I have never wanted to cry because growing up with tremendous obstacles in the Bronx, as I said in my book, I have always felt that if I started crying, I would never stop. So that's why I never, ever, 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 ever wanted to cry. So Matt, and this is our program director, it's a few minutes before air tonight, and he and I'm standing there crying like a baby. And Matt asked me what was wrong as he pushed the Kleenex over to me. And I told him, I said, Matt, the video, the video, I can't take the video. And so Matt said to me that he didn't want to see the video as he walked away. This video, so 30 minutes later, I'm okay now, and um, my obligation is to be professional at all times. So the video I referenced that had me so emotional, and it kind of almost makes me mad at myself because as journalists, we're supposed to completely remove ourselves, even on an emotional level, from a story. And nine times out of ten, you can, but tonight I, I just couldn't because I saw myself in this man's uh, situation. The video is on Twitter. It's on, in the New York Post, and it's a video that shows a group of teenagers attacking a 67-year-old man during a incident that started on a bus. Now, this was at Glenwood Road and Albany Avenue um, in East Flatbush, I believe, around 2 p.m. on Monday. A group of teenagers, one of them had a hammer, beat up a 67-year-old man after a confrontation that started on the bus. Now, footage of the uh, incident, this was a B6 bus, again, in East Flatbush, and it shows the group yelling, the group of teenagers, at the older man, and uh, two women are trying to separate the teens from the 67-year-old man. And I guess the reason why I saw myself in that 67-year-old man is because I have always vowed to myself that um, I will never back down from teenagers, especially teenagers that look like me, that should have some discipline and respect for their elders. And so, you know, I'm almost uh, 58 now, so in nine years, that could be me. And that type of uh, situation. So the woman, one of the women trying to defuse the situation, yells to the kids, get off the bus, get off the bus. 
So the, the elderly man tries to walk away in the other direction, and one of the kids throws something at him. It was a setup to get the old man upset, and it worked. And he did exactly what I would do. He got off the bus. He got off the bus, and the group surrounded this group of teenagers, surrounded this 67-year-old man. His reflexes don't match the speed of these teenage kids. They It, 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 it was a slaughter. And they punched this old man, and he fell over a... A uh, he fell over um, he fell over some bicycles, and they hit him in the head with with a hammer. And and you hear the women screaming, "You're going to kill him! You're going to kill him!" The suspects are still at large, and the the elder victim, uh, who appeared to be in a security uniform, suffered a cut to the head from the hammer strike. This is what it sounded like. Excellent setup by Dominic Carter. You couldn't do any better a job to describe to you what was happening on that B6 bus at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. These school thugs were out. They were attacking this security officer. The women stood up. The women tried to repel the young men. They were incapable of doing that. And as Dominic said, uh, the 67-year-old security officer fell into the trap by getting off the bus. He continued describing it. Now, remember, Dominic Carter, street smart, like nobody else is here at WABC. Oh, maybe myself. Grew up in the Patterson Projects, 138th and 3rd, the Throgs Neck Projects. He has been at all kinds of crime scenes. The guy knows the hood. He knows the problems. And for Dominic Carter to say that he was so moved emotionally that he started to cry, I don't believe that in any part of his life he's done that. This is a man who published a book. You should try to get it next time you talk to Dominic. See how you can get it. He self-published. It's a story about his life, his mother who had all kinds of mental health issues, who did indescribable things to Dominic. And how he survived that ordeal is beyond me. Uh, to be able to become the success that he is and raise his two great kids uh, along with his wife in Pomona out there in Rockland County. But imagine, this scene caused him to cry, and it was legit, and he continued. And it kind of almost makes me mad at myself, because as journalists, we're supposed to completely remove ourselves, even on an emotional level, from a story. And nine times out of ten... You can, but tonight I I just couldn't because I saw myself in this man's uh, situation. The video is on Twitter. It's in the New York Post, and it's a video 
that shows a group of teenagers attacking a 67-year-old man during a incident that started on a bus. Now, this was at Glenwood Road and Albany Avenue um, in East Flatbush, I believe, around 2 p.m. on Monday. A group of teenagers, one of them had a hammer, beat up a 67-year-old man after a confrontation that started on the bus. Now, footage of the uh, incident, this was a B6 bus, again, in East Flatbush, and it shows the group yelling, the group of teenagers, at the older man, and uh, two women are trying to separate the teens from the 67-year-old man. And I guess the reason why I saw myself in that 67-year-old man is because I have always vowed to myself that um, I will never back down from teenagers, especially teenagers that look like me, that should have some discipline and respect for their elders. A lot of soul-searching here by Dominic Carter, our colleague here, who was so moved emotionally he broke down and cried. I'm not going to play that part of it because it was really heartfelt. He could actually imagine himself as that 67-year-old security officer preyed upon by this wolf pack. Could have been killed. Luckily, he survived. I certainly can superimpose myself. I'll tell you what I would do. But I'd like to hear from many of you. Because there's an old school way I'll describe the way it used to be handled. And there's the new Jack way, which makes it so that you virtually have a license to commit these kind of crimes. And there are no consequences, no ramifications. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And after Dominic Carter composed himself, he went to the many callers who could identify with this situation and check out the response of this woman who said that this is not an exception to the rule. This is common. Good morning, April. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning to both of you. Um, what I had noticed, I live in New York City, and I take the public transportation buses and trains, and as soon as it gets the worst time of the day to get on a bus, is when the uh, school gets out, either junior high school, even some elementary schools and the high schools. The kids are so rowdy, and yes. the way they talk to each other sounds yes. so out of place for adults that if you say, hey, kids, because I've done it at times, say, kids, come on, don't talk like that, you know, you're being offensive. They look at you like, what, someone said something? Right. I think they should have separate buses that are marked for students, and separate that are the general public. And don't let the kids on, because it's almost impossible for a decent adult to sit in a bus with a bunch of, like, 20 kids in the back, and they're jumping on top of each other, making sexual jokes with the girls. The guys are cursing. Everyone's acting so rowdy that it's almost impossible for a decent person to just keep looking out the window and not pay attention without saying anything. And that's what I think probably happened. They should have separate buses for the students where they, where they cannot get on the bus that's not marked students. Or, you know, not a yellow school bus, but the city buses that have the kids come at, too. 
because I have a business in Manhattan, as soon as it gets to 2 o'clock, that's when they, they come in crowds, they get emboldened, and they start robbing. They, they grab and push. She is absolutely correct, April. You might as well pull out the uh, prison buses from Rikers that are not being used. There's so few inmates on Rikers now. The other uh, facilities have been closed. Manhattan House of Detention, the tombs, closed. Brooklyn House, Queens House, Bronx House. You got the barge in Hunts Point, but so more, uh, so many less inmates. You got all these buses that were paid for uh, a long time ago. Utilize them. Let the kids see that there are ramifications for that kind of behavior. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. You see, that's when talk radio is at its best. Dominic Carter touched a nerve, not just of you, the listeners, but of himself. It's a trained professional journalist. He's seen it all. But this put him over the edge. I will tell you, look, there were always kids who would get on a bus and give the bus driver and the passengers a hard time. We'd get on the bus, we'd go to the back of the bus, that's where all the trouble would take place. At a certain point, the Ralph crammed in the bus drivers, white, black, Hispanic, didn't matter who they were, and mostly all male at that time, would uh, look through the rearview mirror, and if they saw it was trouble, they'd give you one warning. Knock it off or get off the bus, because you could get off right out of the back, uh, the back door. And a lot of times, kids would lollygag, and they'd continue to try to kick out the windows, bother the passengers... And the bus drivers always had a stick behind their seat, a big stick, a Buford Pusser walking tall stick, a two by four, that if you got hit with that, your head spun around like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, and you know that. And the guys who were up to no good, the thugs and thugettes, they would run out the back door the moment they would see the bus driver come back there with the two by four, the Buford Pusser walking tall stick. They're not permitted to do that any longer. Look, they are the sheriff. They are in control of their bus. They are responsible for the safety of the passengers and to make sure that they're not being preyed upon by these teenagers who get out of school and just run wild. Second thing, the 67-year-old security officer got goaded into walking out of the bus. They're like eight of them. They're like jackals. They're like hyenas. They surrounded him, and then he began to maul him. He should have stayed on the bus. He should have had his back to the back of the bus. And as they came forward, that's the point where you could rock them and sock them because they have to come into you, into your vortex, into your zone. Out in the street, they could circle you. And that's exactly what they did in that video. So if you're prepared to take on the thugs, and I agree with Dominic Carter, there's no way I'm going to let these thugs or thugettes get the best of me or any of the passengers on the bus. you got to fight back. But you got to use intelligence. You got to use street smarts. You walk out into the streets, you're a dead man walking. Because you notice nobody else jumped in. Nobody in the streets jumped in. Nobody in the stores. Nobody standing around. They acted as if, uh, you know, snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. They know who these kids were. Nobody so far said anything. Years ago, there wasn't video, there wasn't photographs. Everybody in the neighborhood kind of knew who the young thugs and thugettes were. And the cops would know who the young thugs and thugettes were. And they would come, and they would lock you up, 
If it wasn't a serious crime, you get a JD card, juvenile delinquent card. If it was a serious crime, you get locked up, and you might do juvie time in Spotford, in the Bronx, in Hunts Point. Now, nothing happens to you. Nothing. 1-800-848-9222. Again, great job by Dominic Carter. Heartfelt telling you how it caused him to cry. I'm sure, likewise, it caused some of you to think real seriously. That could have been you, whether a man or a woman. What the hell would you do when that wolf pack descended on you and they thought they could do it with impunity, that they had it like that, that this was Darwinian, survival of the fittest? And, you know, in most instances, their parents or parents, or whoever is uh, responsible for them, their guardians, most likely they're not going to do anything. Most likely they are being held hostage by these young thugs and thugettes. Oh, yeah, I've been in the households, especially the single mothers, these young men with high levels of testosterone crashing through their cranium, uh, big tough guys. They threaten their moms. How many times have gone into some of those apartments and... Well, let's just say a young man had an attitudinal readjustment. He was uh, sucking uh, the kitchen table. And with the mother's permission, we gave him a beatdown. It's sort of like if you ever saw the Sopranos episode where Tony and the crew, they go up to the Poconos where Chrissy has a uh, nose cane problem with cocaine. He's going through rehab. He's giving the crew a hard time. And they just put their boots to him. They beat the living daylights out of him. What is this nonsense? Oh, there's got to be sort of reparative uh, sitting down. We have to have discussions. Kumbaya. These young men have to know that there are consequences. The best consequence is you got to give them an ass kicking. If you don't, they're going to do it again and again and again. You lock them up. And then they're going to turn on the CEO's correctional officers or they're going to pray and bully on some of the other inmates. And they're going to think they're number one, second to none. Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to David calling all the way from uh, L.A. in Cali. Cali, your turn to be heard on WABC, David. Yes, uh, Curtis, I didn't see the video. Um, was it a gr- Was it a gang of Asians? Was it a gang of white people? I heard Dominic say that they looked like him. Was it a gang of black people? Was it a mixed gang? Who? What was the composition? Uh, all the young men that I saw in the video were African-Americans. I believe that the security officer, he had white hair, but he could have been light-skinned African-American or Caribbean. He could have been Hispanic. Until we learn the identity and the background of the guy, That that still is to be determined. But... These were jackals. These were hyenas. These were predators of the worst type. So we had a mob of black kids. Let me just say, first of all, uh, between the guy Brooks that drove his SUV through the Christmas crowd, between Jesse Smollett, between the murder rate in Chicago black on black crime, I don't want to hear no more about Black Lives Matter. There's too much cleaning up in their own backyard before they point their finger at anything else. Secondly, I like to say that we could blame this on rap culture because it's glorifying. Every song's about killing. I'm going to kill you quick. I'm going to kill you quick. You know who? 
and um, there's a short tension span. It goes from zero to kill you in no time at all. And here's the problem. These people are never going to be any good in society. They're not even going to be able to work at McDonald's running the fryers because their tempers are too well, short. Well, well you and, see, David, you got to get them at a much earlier age. Uh, until we know the identity of all eight of these young men, I do not believe that any young women were, were with them. And the responses from their parent or parents or guardians or whoever's responsible for their welfare. We can't make those determinations. But I'm telling you, if you get them much younger in life, before they go that circuitous way and start thinking this is clockwork orange and they really get their jollies. They had a hammer. They're beating a guy with a hammer in his skull. And they're laughing like jackals. They're enjoying this. They didn't rob them. This was simply the pure joy of watching somebody fall in front of them from their many blows, and then finally the final blow, a hammer to the skull, which caused him a serious injury. one 800 Let's go, if we can, to Francis calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Francis. High five, Curtis. Curtis, you remember me. 79th Street and Broadway, the bus driver. Remember you gave me your business card? I'd be lying if I said I remember, Francis. No, well, I gave you, I gave you, I stopped you in the corner. You were walking, and I'm the bus driver. I used to walk 79th Street. And uh, I used to take that bus, the M6, and i see all these kids rowdy, and I changed the route. So these kids, they, they curse just like that young, young lady said. They start talking about sex and everything, and... And I just, I had to change my route. And it was in Albany. I used to get off at uh, uh, Glenwood and Ralph Avenue. And I was the only guy there. And and they're rowdy and everything. So I had to get off. And I said, no, these kids are animals. They are animals. They, and God forbid, I used to sit right behind the bus driver. Because I said, one day I might be attacked. And yeah, said, and, no, and, no. and Francis, there are a lot of people who do that. Uh, if you don't have the wherewithal, you gotta you gotta watch your back. But if you have the wherewithal, my advice: you launch a preemptive strike. You don't wait for them to hit you. You don't wait for them to pull the hammer out and cold cock you in the head. And then you're out. You're out for the count. And they're putting their boots in your backside in your head. No, preemptive strikes. That's what I believe in. We all have instinct, some more so than others. You know when they're getting ready to bum rush you and attack you. You got to go at the person who clearly is the one that is sending the signals out to the other guys that it's okay to jump on you and to beat the living daylights out of you. I've done this many times. Teenagers, I'm 67. When I get a sense that all of a sudden they're going to lollygag around and they're going to bum rush me or other passengers. I'm going to hit them first before they hit me. Hey, they don't get locked up. What the hell makes you think that I'm going to get locked up? You see, that's the beauty of the criminal justice system when there's anarchy. It doesn't work in locking up the actual predators. And it doesn't work in suddenly turning the tables on you, which many of you think, oh, I'll get locked up. I'll get sued. No, you won't. Kick their ass. Oh, let's go to Howard in Elmhurst. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Howie. Thank you. I remember when I was coming from the Rockaways once, and there were some very rowdy kids. 
and they were they were bothering customers and uh, you know the people on the bus were very angry and they couldn't do anything. And when we got to Elmhurst, the shopping the big shopping center near Elmhurst, there were eight cops waiting for them, and there was one cop who made sure they walked escorted the street to make sure they never got back on the bus. And I was overjoyed. I said, this is justice. This is what these kids deserve. I mean, they deserve more than that. They should be in jail. But, you know, you can't. Howard, Howard, this is what has to happen in tandem with the police. The bus drivers, they know where the nearby precincts are. Lock the doors. Nobody gets out. Drive straight through to the precinct. Don't make any stops. Blow through the red lights. You know, they have emergency lights on, which will attract attention, especially if there are squad cars or undercover cops, of which there are none now. Hopefully Eric Adams puts back the undercover anti-crime unit and go right to the precinct. Right to the precinct. Let's go to Frankie in Glendale. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Frankie. Hey, good morning, Curtis. Uh, You know, Dominic is such a great guy. And uh, it bothered me that he gets upset like that. Um, this reminds me of the Central Park Five, you know, uh, and the wilding that, you know, it's coming back and it's going to have to be addressed. And, you know, it's not getting addressed at the home. We're going to see a lot more vigilantism taking place in the future. Where And then it's going to turn into... When it's a vigilante thing, they're going to say, oh, it was racially involved or something. Or they're going to go get, but look what Bernie gets. There's so much stuff that's not true, and the media wants to portray well, these Well, Frankie, you, you, you yeah. really you, you use an inopportune example. The Central Park Five didn't do anything. Uh, the rapist who actually attacked the Central Park jogger, who I had met. I'd given an award up in Lake George for her courage from the journalists in New York State. Uh, she had very little memory retention. She had been physically damaged. Uh, they did not at all assault her. They didn't rob her. They didn't come near her. Uh, the guy who did it was unaffiliated to the Central Park Five. Years later, he had been locked up on another rape charge. He came forward. He said, I'm the one who did it. They checked and matched the DNA. His DNA was on her bloomers. None of the other DNA of the other five uh, guys who were already doing heavy state time. I mean, they were doing heavy state time. Uh, And then all of a sudden, uh, Bobby Adrams gave them uh, uh, monies for the pain and suffering that they had endured. Uh, Frankie, they were not guilty. Uh, Then-citizen Trump took out full-page ads. He wanted the death penalty on them. It turned out it was incorrect. He should have at least apologized, said, hey, look, I didn't have the facts straight. I made a mistake. I apologize. He didn't. I certainly thought they did it initially. And when the facts came to light that it was another guy who not only admitted it, but his DNA was all over her, her, her apparel, uh, then it was time for all of us to say, hey, we're sorry. We had the wrong people. They did a lot of time. And they did time upstate in hardcore state prisons. They weren't doing kitty time. It's not like Spotford time or Rikers Island time. They were doing adult time. And they deserved an apology from all of us because almost everybody assumed that they had done it, Frankie. Curtis, if I may, they were wilding before. The, the, I know. I know what you're saying in regards to that they weren't involved with the rape, but they were there. They were wilding. They were ID'd. They beat people in Central Park that night. But the big thing was the rape. 
prior to that, and, 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 it's, and it's written in history, okay? They didn't do the rape, but that's what they were accused of. They were wilding in Central Park before they got picked up by the cops. Well, they never got charged with that. Uh, well, they went with the, the, the bigger charge. It's, yeah, but, 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 the, but the point was, Frankie, uh, yeah. if you happen to be in an area where crimes are being committed, but you did not commit a crime, you can't just universally indict everybody who was in that area. You know how many people back then were in Central Park at night? You know, there was no maintenance of the curfew back then. There is a curfew in all the city parks. By about 10 o'clock at night, people are not supposed to be in the parks. They break the curfew all the time. But I'm telling you, these guys were innocent. Trump, when he was president, was confronted with that. Kennedy, Trump, he would not apologize. I apologize. Uh, because I recognize that an injustice was done. That's five guys. That's years they'll never get back, no matter how much money they were <clears throat> given in terms of compensation for the time served. Uh, some of you, I don't think you know what it's like to be in a prison. Uh, I can't say that I've been in an upstate prison. I've certainly been locked up 76 times. Uh, and I'm sure de Blasio on his way out would love to have me locked up a 77th time just for the hell of it, like Michael Corleone settling all scores on the way out and trying to screw every one of his uh, enemies, of which there are many, who are liberals, progressives, conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, independents. Everybody universally despises him. But when you're wrong, you're wrong. You have to admit it. Let's go to Hudson, who's calling from the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here on WABC. Hudson. Hey, Curtis. Always good to hear you. Um... This is a society problem, man, and this started a long, long time ago. Um, it started with Democrats. Once you incentivize for there not to be your father in the House, uh, this is what happens. Um, I, I, I called the other day. I was talking to Rita. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, there used to be guys that, you know, for no money, um, they would come up. They would get open gyms for us. You know, they would take us on trips to the Bronx Zoo. They would do things like that. Those guys don't exist in the hood anymore, man. These kids are, are, are pretty much raised to be animals now. There's no one in the household, in the school systems, there is, I, I've been working in schools for almost 30 years, Curtis, there is zero, zero, zero consequences. So there's no consequences at home. There's nowhere for them to go. There's no boys' club. There's no thing like that. All they do is they go home, they're bored, and they hit the streets. They hit the gangs. That's it. There's nothing. This is a society problem, a Democrat party started problem and until they change that nothing's going to change and just one more thing these little kids and i'm using an i i'm not using a b these kids are little itches they will never shoot the one a girl will shoot the one and they'll go one-on-one -on -one. these little tiny itches it's always five six seven of them and they, and they need that many and they hit and they run and they hit and they run and they videotape and they laugh these little tiny, they, they will never go one-on-one -on -one with anybody, man. This is a society problem that needs to start from the root, and it needs to change everything, man. Democrats have ruined society. You are absolutely correct. Uh, they are bold. They are brazen. They post on Instagram. <laughs> they want the whole world to see it. They don't mind that they're being ID'd. I remember it was an Easter Sunday. Every year, Easter Sunday is a problematic time at Coney Island. The gangs come out in force. So the Bloods were there in force. The Crips were there in force. They came from all the projects uh, in Brooklyn, and they had a full-scale battle. Uh, the Bloods uh, overwhelmed the Crips, and they put a guy on the ground, and they beat the crap out of him. He was almost comatose. And then we were there. We arrived. Everybody uh, ran away. 
and one of the Bloods had filmed what had transpired because this is like bragging rights. They film it. Meantime, this is how the cops get them and collar them. They provide evidence of their own indiscretions, their own violations, their own assaults, their own crimes. And we took the cell phone from the Blood. It's like 10 of us is one of them. He goes, you can't do that. I said, what are you going to do, call the police at the 60th precinct? Go ahead, call the police. I want them to see what's on your celly. And so he walked away. He was sucking his bottom lip. He was doing the chicken dance. You know, he's like walking all over the place like he's going to throw his dukes up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Call the call the 60. Call the precinct here. And so then we took the phone. We robbed him of his phone. Damn right we robbed him. We had the evidence right there. The cops didn't want to deal with it at the 60 precinct. Oh, they're, no, they're not bloods. What are you talking about? Look at they're throwing the signs. They're wearing all red. They got a crip on the ground, this guy in blue. He's catching a beatdown. I mean, a serious beatdown. And so, you don't want to look at it? So I said, I know who will want to see this. Rocco Perrin Scandola, who is the NYPD uh, writer for the New York Daily News. He still is. Uh, published it in the Daily News with the video, and then all of a sudden, oh, we got to do something about this. NYPD, one police plaza, Dermot Shea, uh, pretty sure he was the police commissioner at that time, lapdog for uh, Bill de Blasio. Oh, this, this is an exception to the rule. No, it's not. It happens every Easter Sunday at Coney Island. That's why we, the Guardian Angels, are there. Let's go to Sean, who's calling. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Sean. Hey, Curtis, I just wanted to make a comment about Dominic Carter's show. Yesterday I was listening to it, and some older woman called up with her opinion of it and said, you know, they didn't, the old man didn't show the kids respect, and he should, she, they should have showed him respect. And uh, that's, that's, what's wrong, that's what's wrong here lately. I mean, <laughs> Can you imagine? What is he supposed to do, buck and bow? And, yeah. you know, curtsy and say, oh, they're really sorry that you thought I dissed you and dismissed you. And you know how they generally do this, Sean? Yeah. Uh, they generally claim that you stepped on their shoes and you better apologize. Yeah. And so, like, you didn't step on their shoes. When the guys do that to me, Sean, as soon as they say, yo, what's up with that? You stepping on my Nikes. Bam. Down he goes. Because you know what's going to happen next. They're all going to surround you. They're going to get you down. Once you're on the ground, you're not as effective as when you're up. When they see their homeboy go down sucking concrete, all of a sudden, Sean, they're in shock. They're running. Feet don't fail me now. But you got to preemptively hit them because if they hit you and you lose some of your consciousness or you lose your balance, it's over. It's just like in the jungle. It's Darwinian survival of the fittest, Don. I yeah, unfortunately, I, with a train full of people or a bus full of people, nobody to stand up and help that old guy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, if the United States Supreme Court rules that New York State residents have the right for a carry permit, you know who's going to want the carry permit, Sean? Yeah. People living in the inner city who are being preyed upon morning, noon, and night by these teenage thugs. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, the big equalizer, you take a snub nose barrel revolver out, <laughs> all of a sudden, they say, hey, you're, you're looking at your funeral right here. In fact, I'll pay for it, pal. And they'll book. They'll do the bird. 
all of that, all, all of that is going to change if the United States Supreme Court permits law-abiding citizens who qualify to have a carry permit in New York. That's why I had beef with Eric Adams when he was running for mayor. He said, hey, look, I carry. I carry when I go to church. I carry on those, on those occasions. I go on the subway. My quantum eye, you haven't been in the subway since you were a transit cop uh, like two decades ago. Uh, it's okay for him to carry. But meantime, law-abiding people, especially in the inner city, who are being preyed on, especially women who have been raped, sexually assaulted, robbed. Wouldn't it be great if all of a sudden the thugs, they surround this woman, they think they can have her their way, and she pulls out that gun and blasts them into the hereafter. This is the only language they understand, pain compliance, especially when they reach a certain age. They may be too far gone. Let's go to Rocco in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Rocco. Uh, hi, Curtis. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that this is happening. Uh, I'm a New York City teacher, high school teacher. I see this all the time, disrespecting the staff, uh, even physically pushing, shoving, fighting with each other. There are no consequences in schools. They get away with murder. And guess what? They think they can do this any place, any time, and this is why it's happening. And, again... I'm just not surprised at all. And if they want to know who these guys are, they can just walk to any local school and just ask the teachers. Teachers can identify them one, two, three. Rocco, uh, I'll never forget when I was going to Builder C Junior High School in Canarsie. You had a lot of tough guys, uh, some from Brownsville, some who are supreme cuisines, tough guys. And they would pick on some of the teachers, some of the students. So, you know, they had the teachers' lounge where all the teachers met. And they would go up to the gym teachers who at that time had muscles between both ears. They had no uh, aptitude uh, for studies. They were just buffed. They were like Charles Atlas. And they would tell the teacher, the gym teacher, hey, hey, Vinny's giving me a hard time. And I'll never forget, we're sitting there in gym class before we're being ordered to go up the rope, which no, almost nobody could do. You know, it was very embarrassing. Uh, so Mr. Elliott said, hey, Vinny, come here a second. Then he goes, I ain't coming up to you. Mr. Elliott goes over, walks over, smacks him in the face, picks him up, body slams him down, and tells him to crawl under his desk and stay there the rest of the period. Guys who had never crawled up the rope before were suddenly attentive, saluting Mr. Elliott, going up and down the rope. And Vinny was shaking like a leaf underneath that table. And I'll never forget Mr. Elliott saying, and you want to tell your father or your brothers, do so. I'm here after school, and I'll kick their ass, too. Except times have changed, and right now, a uh, teacher, me, for example, I, I can't even look at a student the wrong way. As long as he interprets it that it's the wrong way, and there are consequences, I lose my job. I lose my entire career. You can't do that. I'll even give you an example. Um, one of my fellow teachers um, was uh, minding a detention uh, center, and uh, Old, much older guy, and he could hardly walk, so he used the cane. So what they did is they grabbed the cane and they hung it outside the window. So he was looking for his cane, and he realized that, it, that where it was. So he opened the window and tried you know, to retrieve his cane. They tried to push him out the window. So he turned around, and he punched one of the guys. So what happened? He was, he was sent to the rubber room. We can't touch them. So they are free. They are exempt from any liability. They are free to do whatever they want. Unless that changes in the schools, 
same thing is going to continue in society. Rocco, let me take you back to 1971, my junior year at Brooklyn Prep to Jesuit High School in Crown Heights. I was getting a lot of detentions after school, sometimes uh, weekend detention, sometimes perpetual detention, which is like solitary confinement. And the brothers, it was the brothers who were in the room for detention. Everybody was separated. You didn't dare look at your fellow students, eyes forward. You looked around, you got another day of detention. You got perpetual detention. You'd have to come in other summer. They didn't play. And then if all of a sudden you tried any chicanery like you, let's say you took, in this case, the walking cane of one of the brothers. Man, all the brothers came out. And they were led by the prefect of discipline who immediately would punch you in the ears. You'd end up with cauliflower ears. And back then... If you complain to your parents, they say, we pay all this money for you to go to Brooklyn Prep, to wear the jackets and ties, to have discipline. You're giving the brothers a hard time. And then your father would hit you so hard that your head would spin around like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, and you wouldn't complain. You'd shut your mouth. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Listen, baby, you know it. I win your dancing, yeah. You show it. I win your move, move, move. You know it. I win your dancing, yeah. You show it. As you move across the floor. We started. Early this morning, 1 a.m., knowing that many of you were pouring out of the clubs and bars and restaurants or going in until the wee hours in the morning. But knowing that Kathy Hukum, Hukum means nonsense, was imposing lockdown orders, not just mask mandates, vaccine mandates, and wanted to take us back to March of 2020 when Cuomo and de Blasio put us in a frozen state where we almost didn't make it. And now that we are on the cusp of returning to some sense of normalcy, she basically has said, Ixnay to all of you, we'll keep you uh, in the loop tomorrow night from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning. I'm catering to the club crowd, the bar crowd, the restaurant crowd, the people who are up, creatures of the night who maybe can't sleep because they hear these kind of crimes. And let me tell you something. You know how they have smash and grab? You know where all of a sudden you got 40, 50 hoodlums, thugs, thugettes, and uh, beamers and benzes. They come in. They break through the glass. They take everything. They put it up on eBay. They put it up on uh, Facebook uh, Marketplace. They put it up on a site that's called Loot Out. You know, they sell that, and then Pelosi is saying, oh, uh, you, you know, we got to monitor that. Hey, I've been talking about that since the summer of 2020 when I was battling the thugs, the looters, the shooters of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. But it fell on deaf ears. But I will tell you this. When you're dealing with these thugs and uh, these wolf packs, you have to use what I call the grab and smash routine. You grab these young huckleberries. Uh, they got a hammer, right? They're ready to do a hammer man on you, MC Hammer. You can't touch this. Well, you snatch them up. You put them right on the curb. You open up their hand. It requires a few of you coming together. You put their hand on the curb. And then you take that hammer and you smash their knuckles. 
And I guarantee you, they're not just going to hoot and howl and be in a hell of a lot of pain. They're going to have to wear a cast probably for six months. So everywhere they go in the neighborhood, people are going to know that the community ain't taking that. Now, I don't think uh, Eric Adams, the brand new uh, police commissioner, uh, his brand new police commissioner, any of the brass at one police plaza will at all defend those kind of tactics. But, hey, when they abandon ship, when they leave you to your own means, when you actually are victimized and the police, as I have seen, give you paperwork and tell you to fill it out and the victim says, and what good is that going to do? I fill out the paperwork and then you cut them loose, right? And then they now know where I live, who I am, and they come back and retaliate or they tell me that snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. That's why this idea of you snatch them up, (laughs) you grab them, and then you smash them with that hammer. (laughs) You'll see four or five guys walking around with like half body cast and people will get the message. But if this continues, people are going to flee. They're going to continue to exodus. They're going to continue to leave this great city of ours that is no longer the greatest city in the world. When actions like this, notice, have any of these young thugs been arrested? No. Did we see who they were? Yes. Do people in the neighborhood know who they are on that P6 bus? You're damn right they know who it is. But they live by the code that snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. Well, hopefully, we end this now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.